Coming up on episode 37 of No Split Seats, it's another victory week as the Cowboys win. Eric's Dolphins lose, unfortunately. We recap everything in the NFL. Biggest L, biggest dub. Weird with Wolchuk. College football news. We talk a little Halloween stuff. The Yodas are in the house. And there's some Zeke news we're waiting on. Alfred Morris! Why the hell are you chanting Alfred, Alfred Morris? Alfred Morris! What is your problem? Yeah, Z got suspended. What do you man. mean? What? Yeah. Mother <laughs> sons of what the coming up next on Nosebleed Seeds. It's about that time for some nosebleed seats. The show everyone can afford to listen to. It is episode number 37. 37? Holy smokes, I gotta shout out my guy, Walchick. You know I gotta shout out my guy, former Miami Dolphin, Mr. Jeremiah Bell. I know he's a household name. Everybody's got an image of Jeremiah Bell in their head right now. Listen, he's got the most jacked arms. The reason why I have to bring him up. The hell? He's got the he's got the most just ripped up beautiful arms biceps triceps like would blow your mind if you've never seen this guy you need to google him now he's a beautiful guy he's got big abs and he's a safety with just the nicest guns you've ever seen so shout out to you Jeremiah. shout out to him you just showed me a picture and my goodness those things are big you didn't believe me i told you before the show i said wait till you see this guy's arms he is freaking pumping iron i'll give a shout out to sean alexander Oh, yes. Former Madden cover running back for the Seattle Seahawks. NFL rushing leader in like, oh, five. And then went downhill. Something Nobody we, ever heard of him. No, I, can we can we do that? Even though it's Jeremiah Bell's show and we're shouting him out. And Jeremiah, this one's for you. Can we do a little Sean Alexander? Where, where are they now? Yes. Bab, if you can help us out with that. I mean, no rush. Yes. First, though. Yeah. I have a shout out as well. Ooh, Ooh. give it to me. Myself. I always wore 37 playing hockey. Oh, Bab, are you serious? Huh? You should have told me that. You and I both know, well, you wouldn't have come over Jeremiah Bell, but you would have definitely been second. I mean, you would have beat Sean Alexander you would have been Sean. for sure. No doubt. Your, okay. you, your career longevity, you've got him by a mile. Honestly, you got <laughs> you got pretty nice guns too there, Bab. I think, yeah. uh, Bab, the gun show's out. I mean, I can see him flexing through the suit jacket he's wearing right now. Okay, can we do something? Bab, not only are you going to be looking up guy, uh, Sean Alexander, where are they now? Okay, hopefully he's doing better than Amon Green, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to episode number 30. Um, also, I feel like we should, like, maybe just randomly, whenever you think of certain athletes, could be NBA, could be any sport, formerly or current athletes, to just have nice arms. Just big, cut-up, ripped, sexy arms. Oh. Because Jeremiah Bell, I think I'm all in with Jeremiah Bell, that he has the nicest arms in sports history. In sports history. In sports history. Episode 37. We'll get to the bottom of it. But I'm pretty sure Yeremiah Bell has the best arms in football history. So, mm. okay. Bab, Bab obviously agrees. So, so good. Hopefully, I mean, Walchick, you're giving me this. You look like a wax statue right now with this blank look on your face. I just have so many arms and biceps and triceps running through my brain. It's oh, okay, in, good, It's good, insane good. right now. Good. I'm glad because I, I can thought rack you were off like, a list of just like perfection. In terms of arm buffness. Could you really? All right. Yes. Well, let me, uh, and, and Bab, if you... Save if you, it for later? No, well, you can save it for later, or if you just randomly, just, just whenever it comes to your mind, Blow just sh- shout them out. Okay. I mean, we want to hear them. All right. Okay? 
And then we'll play a little Google this because when you hear the names, you can go test Walchick and make sure he's right on these arms. But start with Jeremiah Bell. I swear to God, he's got the nicest arms you've ever seen. Sean Alexander today. Yes. Stays very busy as a father. He lives in the Washington, D.C. area Ah. with his wife, Valerie. They have eight kids, all of which are homeschooled. Shout out to Val. Wow, he's got a little Philip Rivers in him. Philip's got, what, 10 kids? Something like that. Unbelievable amount. I would say he's got a little Antonio Cromartie in him, but it looks like Sean's done all this with just his one single wife. So good for you, Sean. Stand-up guy. Yeah, that's a completely separate situation. But we are the Nosebleed Seats podcast. Yes, Zach we Wolchuk, are. Eric Chiafalo, and producer Bam. And as always, we are going to start this episode of the show. It is a victory week for them boys. And Let's I say. am... So happy right now. I've it's got my Chuck Dallas City. Cowboys shirt on. However, as we are recording. No pants. Always no pants. Only on a victory day. Uh, it is a Monday night. We probably are going to transition to more Monday shows in the future. It'll either be a Monday and a two or a Tuesday. But eventually we will switch to Mondays only. Just to tease. The Zeke Elliott ruling has not come out yet. We are expecting it to come out. Breaking news while we record. Please and thank you. Our luck has been terrible. Yeah, I was going to say, with our luck, dude, it's as soon as we end the show tonight, we're all going to get our phones going to light up with the Zeke breaking news, and we will have already stopped recording, and then it'll be gone with the wind by the time next podcast rolls I believe the statistic was of our first 25 shows, 16 of them had breaking major breaking news the day after we recorded. Wow. So, I mean, just, just the worst luck of all time. And, and it's a bad thing. Honestly, we're probably going to get a biggest L nomination next week. There's so many L's to go around. And, and yeah, that's our kind of luck that that would happen. But I'm waiting with pins and needles, man, to see what's going to happen with Zeke. Hopefully everything's okay. Is that why you brought in all those needles? I'm like, what are you doing with all those needles? And it's because you're waiting on them. Yeah, I'm sitting on them. Like, I, I've got to inflict pain on myself. Well, and... You're definitely sitting in pain with no yeah. pants on right now. Oh, it's hurting. No pants on needles. I've drawn blood, actually, is, is what's happened. But the Dallas Cowboys defeated. Those aren't the only needles in your pants. The Washington Redskins, 33-19. to 19. It was an ugly, messy division game. Beautiful. Did you expect in the NFC East, especially between the Cowboys and those Redskins, 33-19, like I said. And look, Zeke, coming off the most carries... In the history of his career as a Dallas Cowboy, maybe even, I don't know, I'd have to go back and look at his days at Ohio State, but he toted the rock 33 times for a buck 50, two touchdowns, could have been a three, but it was called back for a Tyron Smith holding call that I did not really agree with, but that's a conversation for another day. But Ezekiel Elliott, if there, if anybody was curious, hmm, is Zeke the best player on the Dallas Cowboys? Is, is he the engine that makes everything go and just creates everything to be easier For not only Dak, but the line, but the defense. It is Zeke, man. Zeke is the engine that could. And if he is suspended and unable to be on the field for six games, especially in the heart of what is the Cowboys' most difficult portion of the schedule right now, man, I don't know. It's going to be sad, dude. It's going to be sad, and it's really, really not boding well for the potential of the season. And I'm really hoping that we get that real-time recorded reaction from you with the breaking news we're just like i said i mean we're waiting on pins and needles i mean walchick is literally sitting on needles right now inflicting pain on himself until he gets the breaking news and hopefully amy dash is right when she says listen it's probably going to be delayed until after the season 
So it should be no worries. Should be no worries. I hope not. I certainly do. But the Cowboys didn't make it easy. Uh, it was a tight game. It started off very, very negatively. Zeke fumbled. And Zeke had two fumbles on the road in Washington last year in that game. Alfred Morris actually came in and played the majority of it. Had the game-winning touchdown. Last he, year, right? It was last year, week two. It was Dak Prescott's first ever win because they lost week one to the Giants. And they came back and even their record at 1-1. And then went off and racked off, what was it, 10, 11 straight wins, something absolutely insane. But Zeke, yeah, the uh, the fumble, what is it, ghost, continued to haunt him up in FedEx Field, and he lost one. So it looked bad early, but the defense hung in there, and they did their job. I have notes. I have the Wolchuk notebook out. Oh, I rewatched the game. I was about to say, man, are we going to get to your notes? Because I've got them ready to go, Eric. We're, we're all waiting for your notes, man. So... First so I didn't I even have, watch the game, Walchick. Like, well, truly. I watched one play, and the only thing I took away from it was, holy balls, Chris Thompson, that little number 25 for Washington, is one of the fastest human beings I've ever seen. He's good. That little dude has some pop to him. He oh lowered the shoulder gosh, on Xavier dude. Woods, who you and I both like. Xavier lays the woods. Xavier, man. Really? Yeah. He Dang it, I missed that. No, yeah. I saw him outrun the athletic freak Byron Jones, outrun him like Byron Jones was in a wheelchair. Chris Thompson's a little player that can, man. He is good. Yeah, that was the only play I saw, and that wowed me. So take it away. I don't know anything else that happened in well, the Well, the Cowboys game. made Jamison Crowder look like a Pro Bowl receiver. He had his best game of the year. I mean, he was running absolutely uncovered. So defensively, sure, there's still a lot of holes in the secondary. Jeff Heath is still starting and getting way too much playing time. Jeff Heath is still starting? Yep, Jeff Heath is still starting and getting uh, getting oh, way, way God. too many reps. So that continues to be a problem. So coaching's still a problem. Yeah, evidently. Uh, the Cowboys started off here after the fumble. Defense held them to three. Went down the field, scored a touchdown. Everything looked good. It was a Zeke kind of drive. Terrence Williams actually had a big play. You know, one of our favorites here on the show, T-Will. Wow, he caught it with his, body. With his hands? No, no, no. It was a body catch. I was about to say, come on. No, no. If he's making a play, just assume it's a body catch. If it's a hands catch, I'll make a big deal about it. Okay. This was a typical Terrence Williams gets open, kind of a deep slant-ish, if you will. Caught it in the Catches cleavage. Catches it on the run and he's he's fast i'll give him that he's good after the catch he's he was, not as fast as chris thompson no nobody really is inside the red zone made a play sets up the zeke one yard touchdown run cowboys later on have a 14 play drive that equals no points because penalties continued to be an issue for them and holds brought back plays that set them up brought back touchdowns and then mike nugent in his first ever kick now mike nugent shout out to him four for five had a really good day, but the first kick, a 49-yarder, didn't go so hot. Was it like, holy crap, it did, was is not, this what we're doing? Like, yeah. were you thinking, should we just run Jeff Heath out here again? Or No. Oh, okay. So no, it wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. Okay. But I think it's one that Jay Feely might have thought was good. Oh, Jay Feely? Yeah, Jay, Jay Feely, Feely might have thought it was good. Jay Feely would have called it good. So it was close enough to where eh, it wasn't terrible, but it didn't look good. And for his first kick, obviously, as Cowboy fans, we're all like, oh. Crap! Here we go again. Well, it's like, and then you're, the kicker psyche, like you, you want to start out on a good note. You don't want to start out. I mean, the, Nugent hasn't been in the league in who knows how long. His first kick, and he's whiffing it. But it's a shame he had to come play in a monsoon in Washington for his first game. What can you do? And, and the weather definitely played a factor. Dak started off the game hot, eight for eight, but did not have a single touchdown pass. First time all year. First time the Cowboys and Redskins, neither team, had had a touch, a, a passing touchdown thrown. There were none in the game. All of them were rushing touchdowns. Two for Zeke. One for Fat Rob on the Redskins side. Rest of them were all field goals. Actually, Kirk Cousins did have a touchdown pass towards the end of the game to Josh Doxson. But for the Cowboys, no touchdown passes. 
Very, very rare that that ever happens. But in the second half, it was just a slick ball. It was tough to throw it around. You could tell Dak was a little off. He was in front. He was behind. He was overthrowing some guys. It was a cluster. So I'm happy that they just pounded the rock with Zeke. He proved that he is the best player on the team. The Cowboys are now 9-2 and two when Zeke Elliott has over 100 yards rushing. All right, well, what about these penalties you're talking about? You're, uh, is it like the Doug Free just or Flozell Adams false start left and right, or is it just a holding, a block in the back, a, a cut block here? And there, were next several, thing you know. there were several holds. The one Tyrant Smith hold that brought back the Zeke touchdown I did not like because you're taught as an offensive lineman, and I played offensive line. And I was very raw. I hadn't played football until I got into seventh grade. You always go raw. So I'm learning. I'm learning from the from the beginning. I'm learning from scratch. And they teach you, hey, essentially, you want to engage inside, and you want to hold. You want to hold the teats. You want to grab the chest. I mean, don't you we all? You want to get under the chest blades of the shoulder pads, right? And For you sure. want to grip on. Yes. So Tyron Smith is inside. He's manhandling Terrell McLean, former Cowboy, who's now with the Washington Redskins. McLean sticks an arm out to try and grab Zeke. And he doesn't even come within two feet of him. And I, I don't know if the official was behind McLean or he was behind Tyron Smith. My assumption would be he was behind McLean because the angle in which he reached out, maybe to his viewpoint, it looked like, oh, maybe Tyron Smith's got a hold of him. But no, it was textbook blocking by the best tackle in football with the bad back in the history of the game. Terrible call. Should have been the third touchdown for Zeke. Other than that, there was some, some bad... Uh, there was a roughing the passer on Damian Wilson on defense, which wasn't good. Wait, did he bring his gun out to the field? No, 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 no. Damian, this isn't the parking lot, Damian. No, he led with the crown of his helmet on Kirk Cousins. Ooh. It wasn't a good look. There was a foul called on Anthony Brown for pass interference in which him and Doxon each had a grab of each other's chest. Is Anthony Brown still struggling? Is he still in that sophomore slump? I mean, what's going on with Anthony Brown? Uh, you know what? I think the, the Anthony Brown struggles are a little bit overblown. I still think Anthony Brown has been solid back there, but there's nobody that's been playing perfect. Orlando Skandrick might have had his best game of the season yesterday. He's finally shedding the cast that he'd been playing with, which well, I think was irritating him. And the special teams came up big. Tyron Crawford with the block punt. Right before the half. Has he learned how to set an edge in the running game yet? Still not the best end, but I'll tell you what. The pass rush is getting better. Four sacks in this game. Cowboys have 25 sacks on the year through the first seven games. I think that's the most they've had since the late 70s as a team. Well, they better have gotten some sacks because when I saw the injury report for Washington going into the game, I don't think they had a single week one starter on the offensive line starting in that game on Sunday. Like, they were they were literally picking up guys, signing guys off the street on Saturday to suit up and play on Sunday. So, if David Irving, Crawford, and Lawrence weren't just having a field day back there, we'd have a problem on our hands. So, four sacks, honestly, cool. I would expect more like uh, 14 when you're going up against guys who got signed the day before the game. Hear ya? That's fair. Not even going to argue. You're 100% right. Mm. But they got some pressure. Offensive line, though. Jonathan Cooper continues good play. And that is that is something you and I both want to see, need to see. Cooper was getting good movement. I thought the offensive line cohesively is just getting stronger and stronger. Also, we have been very critical, or I should really say myself, has been very critical of Jason Garrett. Mainly clock management is my biggest issue with him as head coach. But also, taking risks. We've now seen several times Jason Garrett has gone for it on fourth and one. This time yesterday, he went for it early in the second quarter. It was fourth and, a, and two. It was a long one. Okay. They give it to Zeke. He bangs it forward for four yards. Good to go. Drive continues. That actually might have been the one that went 14 plays and they came away with no points. But I still like the call, the gusto of Red Jay to go for it. Defense. 
forces three turnovers for the second game in a row. Contagious, baby. Keep eating it up. Actually, one of which came at the very end of the game. It was the cherry on top that finished the Sunday, as my man Brad Sham called it. And we have that call. Bab, this is going to be cut 65-0-65. Byron Jones, ladies and gentlemen. Byron Jones, who is not my favorite player in the world. You, you guys can't know stand that? It. I was going to ask you about Byron. Oh, Byron still struggled, but he made this play off a tip, and he sealed the victory for the boys. 34 seconds left in the game. Second down. Snap is back. Cousins. Ball is tipped and intercepted. At the 20-yard line, Byron Jones. Left to the five. Touchdown, Maraschino Cherry. The ball was tipped at the line of scrimmage. And Byron Jones ran the tip drill in. And the Cowboys are going to go home with another win in Washington. Another win in Washington, indeed. Credit and Byron the crowd Jones. goes wild. And Byron the, Jones makes the first play of the year. Second career interception. Second career interception, And Byron. the first one probably came his rookie season. You ball hawk, Byron. Gosh. Yep, dang. still not doing what we quite want you to the as next a fan. But We're looking at the next dead read. Oh, yeah, I think so. The other thing was, and this is taken from the postgame callings. So I, I answer a lot of phones for the postgame show. I answer the calls. A lot of people wanted to talk about Des Bryant, and I guess during the production, the television broadcast, when I went back and watched it, I, I understood what the callers were talking about. Didn't know at the time. The sideline showed Des at several occasions talking with Scott Linehan, talking with Jason Garrett, talking with Dak, showing a little bit of frustration in the offense. Was he talking or screaming? Because he has a tendency to scream. You know what? I, I don't think it was. It wasn't like a rambunctious... Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, hissy fit on the sideline, but it was it was louder than just what we're talking right now. Listen, if anybody understands, it's me, man. My girl always tells me I get upset and then I just start my voice starts raising, and I'm like, it's just passion. You it's know just what I mean? passion. I'm not trying to yell. I'm I'm just I'm just a little worked up. And okay? you know you know me. I'm a Desbian for life. I love Des. And you right? just want to win. And I'm a Des apologist, sure. But Des Bryant, that's what he is. He he has been that way for the last seven to eight years in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. He's passionate. If the team is struggling and he feels like he can help, all he wants to do is help the football team. Yeah. And the team was not scoring touchdowns. They were settling for field goals. He was targeted twice throughout the game early on until late in the second half. Caught both those footballs. Well, is he getting open? Because the dude doesn't really get open. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. The guy well, doesn't that's really get He doesn't that create open. a ton of separation, and he never really has. But he's just out physicals for the football. I was going to say, I feel like Tony Romo kind of just understood, like, hey, listen, he doesn't have that much space, but I'm going to trust him. I'm going to throw it up to him, and he's probably going to come down with it. I feel like Dak's a little bit more like, listen, I'm throwing it to the open guy. So, Dez, I know that's kind of your forte of just not really being open, but still getting the ball thrown to you and more than likely coming down with it. Dak's like, no, dude. Listen, if you're not open, Des, I'm throwing it to the guy who is open, even if it's for a less of a gain or whatever it is. I'm not just going to throw it to you to make you happy, Des. If you're not open, go bleep yourself. And credit Dak, composed as all hell Love on it. the sideline talking with Des. Just went up to a man-to-man. They were having a communication like we are right now. He's explaining him what the deal is. Des seems satisfied. At the end of the day, the Cowboys won. Des Bryant is shutting himself up. But in the game, I got no problem with it. First of all, Cowboy fans, if you want to complain about Des Bryant, 
I want you to experience what life would be without him because you don't have a single receiver on the team that would be able to step up and do a damn thing that Des Bryant can provide for you. Cole Beasley is not going to be able to go outside and be a receiver for you. Bryce Butler, what's he done? Nothing. Terrence Williams, we know what you think about them. Ryan Switzer can barely field a punt or a kick right now, and he's had more carries than he has catches this year. Has Switzer done anything good in a Cowboys uniform? I mean, literally, has he done one single? Even that time that he signed that little kid's autograph for him in a Cowboys uniform, that ended up not even being good. Yep. I mean, literally, there he's done nothing good in a Cowboys uniform. Has not done anything yet. It's a sad deal. It is. So, for the Des Bryant people out there that are pissed and whining about Des and think that he needs to shut his mouth, I don't care. I wish I had 51 other Des Bryants that played with the kind of passion and heart and love for the game because that's all Des is about. Okay, well, you're talking about right now, but what about looking to the future? What about maybe next year? Yo, I don't know how much you guys... Oh, I thought I the Cowboys should... No, Can they I don't... draft somebody? Can, Des I mean... Bryant will end his career in a Dallas Cowboys uniform. I honestly got to believe that. Okay. But I do think they need to draft somebody to eventually take over as that number one receiver. Des is heading towards... I think he'll be 29 by the end of the year. He's heading up to 30, and he will, in about two years, be at that stage of his career where you want him to now be the old and wise receiver that can bring a young buck under his wing, teach him the ways. I thought the Cowboys should have drafted. I wanted them to go get Michael Thomas last year in the draft in the second round. They didn't do that. Now he's with the Saints, and he's the number one receiver there. But I do think the Cowboys need to draft a guy, but I don't think that, that Dez will be traded or cut or anything like that at all. I think his place is here with a star on his helmet, and he deserves that. Okay, well, just like I asked you last week after the San Francisco game that I did not watch and the Cowboys seemed to play well, this is another game where it seems like, on paper, looking at it, not watching the game, it seems like the Cowboys played well. What are you taking from it? What can you say, okay, now, okay, this is working, this is working, still need to work on this. What are you confident in? Do have you, have, do you have an identity at this point as a team? Yes, I think the Cowboys are peaking right now. I think they're getting back to that form, that one game for them in 2016, where you rely heavily on the run game. You know Zeke Elliott is the face, the heart, the body, and the soul of this team, and you're going to ride him for all you can Please, God, this court ruling goes in his favor, and you've got him for the remainder of the year. Because if you don't, now, everything we thought we knew, we really have no idea. Yeah. And as much as I thought Dak Prescott, and we've talked about this on the show, coming up till, uh, up until yesterday, I thought Dak had been playing as well as anybody in the league, MVP candidate, and I still think Dak has that in him. You saw yesterday where Dak didn't have his best day. He just kind of did what he had to do to keep things afloat, and Zeke took the reins, and that's what the Cowboys need to do. Opportunistic defensively, they are getting turnovers now, which is big. They are getting pressure in key moments, which is big. Still, I think we'll have issues against the run and in the secondary when they're playing elite quarterbacks, which they will be here soon. Still a lot of question marks on the defense, but offensively, the offensive line is now gelling, and you feel very confident in the run game yet again. Okay, they're, they're excelling in the run game. What about protecting Dak? Because any game, all the Cowboys games I've been to this year or anyone that I've watched, He's consistently getting hit. It's not just that they can't really run block as well as they have in the past, but they're also not really protecting him, and he's he's taking a lot of shots. Was that the same case yesterday? It has improved the last two weeks, but okay. it is still you're, you will still see Lyle Collins get beat pretty darn bad probably twice a game. Okay. Tyron Smith, you can tell, is not quite the Tyron Smith that we know and love. Well, he's dealing with – I mean, he's, he's banged no, up he every is. game. And, and God bless him for, for being out there and trooping away at it. But you can tell – He's still a Pro Bowl player, but he might not be an All-Pro right now. And that drop-off, sure, you know, you're splitting hairs. But I'd still rather have 80% of Tyron Smith 
than anything else that you're oh, going to put God, out there. No. Uh, so, yes, the pass protection is getting better. Honestly, I think Dak should run a little bit more. I think there are opportunities yesterday, especially when it's raining and the ball's a little slick and people aren't creating a lot of separation and getting open. I think Dak Prescott has shown the ability this year to run, and when he has, it's been very, very effective. They had one designed quarterback option where he kept it off the right side towards the end of the game, ran for an 11-yard first down. i like to see more of that in the playbook. Okay, you're talking about designed runs? Designed quarterback runs. Okay. Also, as well as if... That instead of just throwing, it, yeah. Style. Instead of just throwing it away, maybe you just take off and run with it. Now it's it's 2020 because God forbid he, he gets hit like Flacco did against your your Miami Dolphins God on Thursday forbid, night. Man. We're all you know our hearts are in our stomachs right now, and we're thinking, why are you doing that? Just throw the ball away. But I do think Dak Prescott with his legs can be a huge difference maker, and I'd like to see that a little bit more. I think he's been pretty judicious throughout his young career at this point about when he runs, but it's usually pretty successful. I mean, yeah, I think he does. I think he's left a little bit of meat on that bone, but at the same time, all it takes is that one, just like we saw with Flacco, and then you're like, damn, Dak, why why didn't you just throw it away? You know, so it's hard for me to kill him, even though I didn't watch the game. It's hard for me to kill a guy for not running, even though he's, it's usually pretty successful. Anytime he does tuck it and go, it's usually a successful play. And like I said, I, I want to see more of the design stuff. Up. Oh, the design. Okay. I think more design yeah. stuff, more play calls for that would be better off. But well, if, if things are breaking down, you can pick up four yards. I'll take that from down. Well, and if you're running Zeke really well, then that read option opens up because everybody's selling out to go get Zeke, and then he pulls it, and there's, a, there's an easy 10-15. And again, all of this changes without Ezekiel Elliott, which hopefully we have the breaking news pop during the show. So that's the Dallas Cowboys victory over the Washington Redskins. In other news, the well, man... Wait, before we even get there, I oh. just had a name come to my mind. Oh, yeah. Biceps, triceps. A little bit illegal. Leron Landry? Ooh, former LSU safety. And I mean... speaking of the Redskins, top five draft pick in Washington. Okay, there you go. Bab, what do you think? Yeah, even though, even though it was steroid-induced, obviously. I mean, that dude was literally injecting steroids into his eyeballs. Ooh, really? Yeah, I... I I was there. I got one. You do? Shout out to my man Zeke Elliott. I don't know. Oh. You hey, no, dude. He came out really yeah, okay. With the, All right. Bab, did you watch the game yesterday? We we're not talking about we're not talking about beer bellies, Walchick. We're talking no, about I'm not freaking, talking about the, we're talking about ripped up like Rambo arms. For, no. Gosh dang it. Zeke Elliott with that white sleeve that he's got on. Okay. He, he comes running out and that thing's flexing. My God. Is he veiny? Oh. Veiny well, and the sleeve kind of covers up the veiny, but yeah, it's a see Jeremiah Bell and LeBron Landry, their veins would be girth. popping out. I also think LeBron James is just chiseled like a Greek warrior. Yeah, I can't argue with that. But uh, we already hinted at the Joe Flacco situation. <laughs> he's got huge arms. No, what are you he's got very about, tiny, very oh, no, tiny that, arms. That's that was that was so at the, that was at the situation. What about Kiko Alonso? How how are his biceps looking? He's not super jacked, but uh, he put a shoulder into old Flacco's chin the other day. Yeah. So I really want to ask your opinions on the Dolphins Thursday night game against the Ravens. What do you want to hear? I mean, I don't know what you want from me. We lost forty thousand to zero. We weren't ever in the game from the moment we landed in Baltimore the day before the game. We weren't in the game. Well, look, we've come on the air here after the waxing in Denver for my Cowboys, and we had a group therapy session. So, Bab and I are here for you, man. Vent to us, brother. Dude, it's bad. Listen, it's bad. I watched the first half. I couldn't even watch the second half. I didn't know that it was as bad as it was, like 40-something to zero, until the next day. Like, it was so bad. 
I had to leave. I was at Applebee's enjoying my time, getting a two for 20 The deal. first mistake you made was going to Applebee's. Ooh. Okay, listen, I'll be honest with you. When I tell you my steak was not very good. You had a steak at Applebee's? Why'd you get a steak at Applebee's? I shouldn't have got a steak at Applebee's. I feel like you should just munch on the appetizers. Well, I definitely got, I mean, the, the two for 20 deal or two for 25, it gets you it gets you two entrees and it gets you an appetizer. So I had the appetizer. That's fair. What, what else did they offer, though? Uh, uh, entree wise, no, they do. Oh man, they had they had some other stuff that would have probably ended up being better. But my stomach was kind of on the fritz a little bit, so I just wanted to play it safe. A little broccoli, a little steak, a little potatoes. Okay, and the broccoli and potatoes were great. I got to be honest with you. But the game sucked and the steak sucked. So my Thursday night was pretty bad. I'm gonna be honest with you. Then I woke up Friday morning and saw that we actually didn't lose by 20. We lost by 40. So it was even worse than I thought. Yeah, it was a 40 to nothing shutout. Our offensive line is so bad. Remember when we talked about the blind optimist league up the street? Those kids would be would be better. I thought that was a little edgy to bring up. Yeah. Well, I'm bringing it back. Okay. That's what that's what they're they're bringing the demons out of me these dolphins. It's it's miserable. So Matt Moore not a step up from Well, it's Jake not Elliott? even that he's not a step up. I mean, I mean they're, what the they're hell both happened? they're both very 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 average, but when you put very 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 average in front of a god awful atrocious offensive line, you get 40 to 0. Why is that line so bad? Because it seems like they've done things to try and build a decent line when you draft Tunsil, they drafted Pouncey a few years ago even though he can't stay healthy. It, I thought they were on the up and up. In one sense, they've They've spent the money and, and the the resources on guys like a Pouncey, like a Tunsil, like a Juwan James. But our guard positions, they've completely, completely neglected. It's like they didn't think guard was even important. And our guards get shoved into our quarterback's face on a play-in, play-out base. We have Bushrod, who's been in the league for 52 years. Oh, Jermon. He hasn't known didn't how he to win a Super Bowl with the Saints. Yeah, that was back when he was uh, only 40. Now he's seemingly 100 in football years, and he can't move. And we have him protecting our quarterback. Stiff it's a as nightmare. A board. It is a nightmare. I don't know that I'll watch another Dolphins game for the rest of the season. Really? There's just no reason to. I mean, truly, dude. It, we're last in the league in like every offensive category. We cannot run. I mean, Jay Ajayi is a really good running back. Easily a top five running back without question, but you would never know it because his offensive line gives him zero opportunities. Okay. The only other thing I want to add is I don't think Kiko Alonso's hit. Well, it, did it deserve a flag? Sure, because that's just the way the league is. But man, if he gets anything more than a small fine, I think it's it's pretty bogus. There's, I mean, so no suspension. You think a suspension's ridiculous? And it doesn't matter. Listen, I'm, I'm a Dolphins fan, sure. So you can say I'm biased. That's fine. But our, our season's going nowhere. Kiko Alonso is winning us no games. It's not about that at all. It's just Flacco, as a quarterback, you know you get to slide. But you can't wait until the last, very last second to slide and not expect to get hit. Flacco, you should have slid 50 yards ago, you slow draft. I saw the exact same thing. I thought that the slide was very late. It almost, if you look at it, it was it was just about simultaneous where when Kiko Alonso was coming yeah. to make the hit on him. And it's very difficult to then in midair leapfrog over a guy. Now, in the Dallas Cowboys pregame show, we have Jesse Holly on, who's a former Dallas Cowboy receiver, spent a little bit of time with the New England Patriots. He seemed to think, you're an NFL player. Kiko Alonso, if you wanted to, could have jumped over Joe Flacco. And he thought that play warranted a suspension. Well, I think listen, dude, Joe, if you're gonna if you're gonna tip the line, you know, you're gonna toe the line that that close on how late you're gonna wait to slide, you deserve to get popped. You know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna give you every single inch. You gotta go down, bro. 
Otherwise, you're going to get hit. And I'll take the fine. I'll take the suspension. And I'll take the flag. Don't wait till you. Oh, yeah. You want to get that first down? I know you want the first down. If you want the first down, you're going to get popped. And that's it. I'm with you. I think we saw the same and a, thing. And it wasn't helmet to helmet. It was a no, shoulder to the face. It just happened to be a shoulder it that was tacking some. I mean, I thought there was a homicide. That's what I thought about. I mean, seriously, his, his helmet comes off and Flacco's in no man's land. I mean, he has no idea where he is or who he is. And is on national television. I have one more Dolphins question for you. And Dominican Sue again did some shady stuff in this game. Do you, oh yeah, that you've choke. gotten the chance. Yeah, you've gotten the chance to now watch him as a, a member of your team for a couple of years. Do you view Dominican Sue as a dirty player? No, not at this point. I mean, truly. I mean, he's a guy that he can't. He can get, if you get him there. Like if you're the kind of guy who's gonna who's gonna be all chippy all game, he has no problem being chippy with you. But since he's been a Dolphin, I mean, he really hasn't done much. I mean, all his stuff was back in Detroit. He's obviously got it in him, but he's kind of reeled it in. He, he toes the line sometimes because he's so physical and he's so menacing and he's so much bigger and stronger than basically everybody on the field. So if you piss him off, he's not, you know, don't put it past him to smack you or, or choke you like he did Mallet. And Mallet stepped up to him like Mallet was trying to get in his face. So, yeah, I'm going to, if I'm Sue, I'm going to choke you out too. Honestly, Mallet's lucky that he didn't pick him up and slam him into the, er, the crust of the earth. Who's got a beer for Ryan Mallet? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh. Is that a story? That's a story. I've been told. I've had several people that are close to me go to the University of Arkansas. One of my buddies was actually there. Uh, a youngster. Inbreeders, man. You're friends with a lot of inbreeders. Well, you know, my girlfriend also is a, is a you can University of Arkansas grad. So, oh. No, I think more highly of them than they're a bunch of inbreeders. Maybe Even in, though they maybe are. Maybe in the state. But the U of A people, nah, I don't think they roll that way. Not anymore. But Ryan Mallett apparently... I was told, went to a party his senior year while at Arkansas, walks in, talks about himself in third person, and says, who's got a beer for Ryan Mallett? <laughs> See, and if Ndamukong Sue was there, he'd have probably choked him there, too. Yes, and thrown him right out, stomped his face on the curb. He'd have deserved it. No Split Seats podcast, Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chia, follow producer Bab. That was our Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphin reaction from the weekend. Now is the time of the show where I look across from me at the big, beautiful golden locks of my man, my beautiful, beautiful co-host, Eric Chiafalo. And I say, Eric, what's the biggest L, biggest dub of the week? Oh, man. It feels good to be back here, you know, just right here where I get to just share with the world who's who's had a rough week, you know, and, and also who's had a really great week. And if you don't know what we do here, this is where we dive in and we see exactly that. Who took an L this week? Who took a dub? You don't have to be an athlete to take an L. You don't have to be an athlete to take a dub. We go in and out of the sports, in and out of the everyday people. Now, before we even do that, Bab, I want to give you a name. He goes by the name of Robert Turbin. Ooh, I know Robert Turbin well. Colts running back, Cowboy running back, Seahawk running back. Arms like a freaking bodybuilder, dude. If you don't know Robert Turbin, give him a Google. Ding, ding, ding. I got one. I got another one. All right. Another running back. Brother of a former Dallas Cowboy running back. Don't forget, this is Biggest L, Biggest Up. This is my segment, and you're, and you're taking it over right now, but it's okay. Thomas Jones. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, yeah. Former Jet, former Bear. Yes. Yeah, he had biceps coming out of his freaking ears. All right, back to Biggest L, Biggest Up. Hey, Bab. Hey, Eric. You're back on the honorable <laughs> mention list. You only had one week off. Next thing you know, you're back here. I know. You're taking L's. Now, for those of you that don't know which you don't until now. Bab lost, erased, however you want to say it, 
corrupted thumb drive. We no longer have all of our nosebleeds, drops, our audio, all the fun. We don't have Michael Irvin snorting cocaine and screaming out Miami's winning. We don't have LeVar Ball telling all of us to stay in our lane. We don't have any of that stuff. All the stuff that brings life to the show. Bab lost it. Tears flowing down my cheeks. So not only does Bab take an honorable mention, L, but we all do, right? I mean, you, me, and the rest of us. We're all affected. Everybody here is the listener. It's a shame. So the show got worse. Thank you, Bab. Next honorable mention, L of the week. Famous actor. I actually like him as an actor, but I don't know that I'd like him as a person. His name is Kevin Spacey. Ooh, great actor. Kevin Spacey, great actor. Not sure that he's such a great person. Why is that? Well, this week came out and we got Hollywood's everybody's ratting out on everybody in Hollywood now for all Ooh. these, you know, allegations, sexual assault, harassment, this, that, and the third. Thank you, Harvey Weinstein. Phil Casby. Well, Kevin Spacey supposedly years ago sexually assaulted or harassed a 14-year-old boy. Oh, my. What, Sandusky style? Yeah, I don't know if it was that bad, but it was teetering the line. Oh, my God. This dude, this 14-year-old kid was, I guess, an actor on one of these shows. Now he's kind of a big-name actor. I don't even know what his name is, truly. So I don't know if Bab wants to help me on that. Really good research, Eric. Yeah, fantastic. But it's about Kevin Spacey. All right? You're right. Fair enough. And Kevin Spacey sexually harassed 14-year-old boy. It's now come out this week. The guy has finally got the agates to speak up about it. And years ago, Kevin Spacey did X, Y, and Z to me. He did, so, he did who? Yeah. I wait, somebody's named X, Y, and Z? And he did all three of them. At the same time? <laughs> yeah, Kevin's a Kevin's a freaky dude. Horn dog. So Kevin, and, and basically in defense of himself, trying to trying to defend himself, he just came out this week, and that's kind of why he's taking an L because he's gone his whole life where everybody kind of knew he was gay, but you know, no one was really talking about it because he didn't come out with it. Well, now he's had to come out this week and say, yeah, I'm gay. So he's got this sexual assault allegation with a young boy. And he's had to come out of the closet, which clearly he didn't want to do because he's pretty old and he's yet to do it until now. Well, I would say when coming out of the closet, big L absolutely for the other stuff. All right. Well, either way, that's an honorable mention L. Kevin, you have definitely seen better weeks. Now we move on to the next honorable mention L. You guys know that rap group Migos? Oh, yeah. They, uh, what was the song? Bad and Bougie? Was that them? Bad and Bougie, definitely. They got like a million songs and about two of them Versace? are decent. Versace? Uh, Versace, yeah. Drake remixed it and it was way better. But yeah, absolutely. These guys, yeah, I think they're awful. Uh, it, it's funny because some of my friends are like the biggest fans of them. Shout out to Hayden. Shout out to Hayden. Shout out to Austin for sure. Those guys love Migos. And let me tell you something. They are terrible. What about Sexy Nick? Sexy Nick actually has good taste in music. So, so he's not in. So Sexy Nick is not a Migos okay. fan. But Migos... According to TMZ, and we did have video of it, but there was no good audio, so I couldn't bring it to the show. Migos tried to jump this, like, huge guy outside of one of their concerts. Like a bouncer? It, he, he's built like a bouncer, so I'm not really totally sure. But so he's like an offensive defense. Maybe he could play for the Dolphins at guard? Hopefully. I mean, he, he's, he wouldn't be worse than Bushrod, that's for sure. Two of the three members of the Migos band decided to try to jump this big dude, and this big dude just freaking put him in the concrete. It was amazing. The videos on TMZ, Quavo and Offset, that's their names. Yeah, just incredible. Quavo and Offset? Yeah, yeah, no, and that's uh, that's biological. That's, 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 that's like by birth, birth certificate. That's birth certificate. Really? Offset, Quavo. Not really sure the origin of those, but they both ate concrete this week. Was it worse than the Baker Mayfield thing? Not worse than that, no, but it was up there. It was okay. definitely up there. 
Next honorable mention, L. Man, this poor guy, soccer player for, I think it's team Albacete, A-L-B-A-C-E-T-E, Albacete. I'm not really sure. I'm not much of a soccer guy. I do enjoy some soccer, and I play a lot of FIFA, but this is not a team that I'm familiar with. All right, well, Mariana Batolo got kicked so hard in the downstairs region of his pants. The peen. Yes. He had to get 10 stitches on on the big guy. Yeah. Not a good time. He he got kicked. It was like a it was like a hind leg horse kick. The cleat got him. And the yeah, and the dude oh, cleated him right in the shaft. And no. yeah, his piece was bleeding and everything. It was a bad time. No. So he had to get ten stitches. Ten stitches. Woo. Right in the peen. Never that a good time. So a, that's not that's honorable mention. That's honorable mention. Yeah, somebody else oh, had a horse with him. God. Believe it or not. Albacete. Albacete. Okay, good Spanish, correction. Spanish soccer league. They're part of the Spanish soccer. Is that La Liga? They're, they're in. No, they're in uh, the second level, of the pyramid, pyramid okay. which is uh, Segunda División. Gotcha. Yeah, it is weird to have a bloody peen, and he's not the biggest L of the week, right? I'm pretty. I can't even imagine what's the biggest L. Well, we'll get there because this next guy, another honorable mention. Bears tight end Zach Miller. Holy smokes, dude. Oh, man. This poor guy. Thoughts and prayers, dude. Man, if you guys didn't see this, I mean, if you have a stomach that can handle this uh, kind of I nasty injury. I wouldn't even recommend injury, it. Don't even, don't even look it up. If you haven't seen it, just keep it that way. Man, this dude, he's running like a corner route in the back of the end zone. Just, just I mean, it's a such a benign thing he was doing. Literally just running around. There might as well have been no one there. Might as well have been warming up before the game. He reaches out to catch the ball. He extends his left leg, and when he plants... His knee just like hyperextends inward the way it bends the way it's not supposed to bend. We all know how that's supposed to bend. It wasn't supposed to bend that way. His knee goes inward and it looks disgusting and then it kind of twists and gets locked up. He almost literally lost his leg because of it. There was some like artery issue that got messed up in there because it, it got messed up so bad. He literally almost lost his leg. They had to rush him to the hospital right after it happened, and he had to have an emergency surgery right there. Fortunately, it looks like he will be okay in terms of at least keeping his leg. I don't know if he'll ever be able to play again or even, like, walk normal again, but he will, as far as I know, will keep his leg. But, my gosh, it was one of the – I mean, we're talking – it was up there with the Theismans, the Kevin Wares, the Gordon Haywards, the Paul Georges. I mean, it's, a, it's like just one of those – ugh. You can't watch it. It was terrible. And the news today that it wasn't doctors were not only hoping to recover the leg in terms of he can play again, but just recover it so he can walk and not have to amputate. Like unbelievable. Insane. And the scariest part about it is like I said, dude, it was so benign. I mean, he's literally just running a route. There was it wasn't like somebody came in and did a dirty hit on him. What or... do you think it is though? Do you think it's the turf? Like, should the NFL maybe look into and not even just the NFL, but just football in general, maybe only having natural grass surfaces? I don't know. I don't know if that happens on a different playing surface. I can tell you as someone who's torn both my ACLs. The turf has a lot to do with that kind of thing because it, it doesn't have any give. So when you plant really hard and do something, a lot of times it'll stick in the ground and then stuff gets twisted the way it's not supposed to. So the turf's not great, but I mean, there's only so much you can do about something like that. Like I said, it wasn't like it was a dirty hit. It wasn't like anything out of the ordinary. It's a normal round. I mean, it's like something you could see that happening to anybody, really. No, absolutely. could happen to any of us. So just, just a bad time. Honorable mention L for you, Zach Miller. It's a shame. Uh... And of course, Hugh Freeze. I mean, oh, Hugh, Hugh Freeze. And uh, I actually saw a pretty cool Halloween costume. It was like a couple's Halloween costume yeah. where the guy dressed up as Hugh Freeze, Ole Miss football coach. He had the visor, he had the little collared shirt, khaki pants. 
and his girlfriend was a Tampa, Tampa Bay prostitute. Oh, oh no, not, a, not a cell phone. It was a Tampa Bay prostitute. She had like $1 bills and like quarters coming out of her dress and whatnot. How does she? How do you know she was from Tampa Bay, though? Huh? Well, uh, well, because she was with Hugh Freeze. Oh. So, so that's what happened there. Put two and two together. I was like, Hugh, why are you going out for Halloween? Shouldn't you be in rehab? Is he in rehab? Pretty sure. And, of course, our favorite line coach of all time, Mr. Krista Forster. He likes putting cocaine on Nevada strippers and snorting it off them, sending them videos. Hi, we get together. Hi, we get together. Unfortunately, that was Bab and not the actual drop. But, hey, Bab, you're making things happen. Biggest L of the week. You ready? I'm ready. I've, I can't imagine it's anything that's better than the peen thing. But I know, bloody peen. It's like maybe, and, and listen, if I'm wrong here, if you think that guy gets a bigger L, then you just let me know. Okay. But my man, Jim Wack, uh, Wackelman. Jim, what's all this peen talk? I'm starting to talk Wackelman. What am I doing here? Somebody's. Jim Mac Owain. Most of you probably know him as the fat naked guy being photographed on top of a shark. That but wasn't he, him. He was also the Florida Gators head football coach. I say was. Well, that's because, ladies and gentlemen, the shark humper himself has been fired. Yes, he has lost his job. It's been sacked. Lost his job because, well, the Gators got smoked 42-7 to by Georgia, and the Gators have just been terrible this year. Been bad, yeah. I mean, they've, they've been bad, and they've had off-field scandals amongst the players and just weird crap going on. But, uh, I mean, obviously the naked shark thing probably has something to do with it. But uh, another big thing besides the awful play of his team, last week he came out and said, just no one provoked him to do it. He just offered up that he's been um, receiving death threats, him and his family, I guess for his team sucking so bad. Do you not? I, I believe that Florida probably has some crazy fans. Well, it turns out it's not true, believe it or not. I how do they know that it's not true? They found out it wasn't true. He, I guess he admitted to the fact that it was fabricated. It wasn't actually the case. Oh, he came out and said he lied. And then they lost 42-7, to 7 and they said, you know what, Jim? You can go hump sharks with somebody else. Oh, that's the reason that they fired him, because he lied that he was getting death threats. Well, they couldn't it's, just it's say, a combination of factors. Why don't you just say, dude, the production hasn't been there. We're going in a different direction. Why do you even have to? Because I got that update via ESPN or Bleach Report or whatever it, the thing is that I'm subscribed to, and I thought it sounded weird. Look, Florida, if you don't like your coach and you're not winning games, just get rid of him. I don't know why you need another reason. So Jim McElwain, a.k.a. the Shark Humper. So now Hugh Freeze, there's an opening for you in Florida. Yeah, but come on, Hugh. Florida's not treated you well. Probably right. Actually, Florida treated him really well. It was Mississippi that kind of bit him in the butt. So now the interim coach in Florida is a guy that you know very well, Randy oh. Shannon. Randy Shannon, formerly a Miami Hurricane player and uh, defensive coordinator and head coach. And he was god-awful at the head coach part. So you don't think he's going to pull an Ed Orgeron and get the uh, interim to full-time head coaching job? Don't think so, but I would love to have that happen because I think he'll do a terrible job and thus the Gators will still suck and life will still be good. Right on. My favorite tweet out of all that, if I may interject. Oh, please. Jim McElwain said Florida was getting death threats, and then the whole team was murdered against Georgia. <laughs> Shame on us for ignoring him. You know what? Wow. I think it's just it's so petty to joke about murder. Why are people doing that? Seriously. Jim McElwain, you are the biggest L of the week. Lou, sir. Oh, yeah, we don't have that Nice anymore. drop, Bab. Oh, jeez. This is kind of fun, though. Bab's having to do the drops himself. It's pretty great. Beast up. Stay in your lane. Can we get happy? <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, now you got to do the Michael Irvin. I love it. <laughs> now you got to do the yeah! <laughs>
Yes, Miami wins the game. Ah! <laughs> oh, the show is back. All Keep right. It here, baby, I love it. Nosebleed seats is in the building, Woo! ladies and gentlemen. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chief, follow producer Bab. Let's, biggest L, biggest dub. Let it. I'm really producing tonight. Let's get happy. Let's get happy. Let's get happy. I mean, guys. all this bloody peen talk, broken legs, Jeez. humping sharks. How many winners you got? Bab, how many, how many honorable mentions drunks. we got here? We have a big fat goose egg for honorable mentions. Not a single one. Again, it's an indictment on the human race. It's really? an indictment on society. No one is winning. No one is having Jesus. good weeks. No one's winning out there. Literally, what no the one hell? has. I, I, I scoured the internet for anyone who's had even slightly a good week. Not one person, except for this guy. My biggest dub of the week. He goes by the name of Zach Wolchek, ladies and gentlemen. What? I made the cut. Our very own first time biggest dub winner for one of the members of the show. I mean, Bab obviously takes honorable mention L's practically every week, but we haven't had an honorable mention or a biggest L winner at all for anyone in the show. And here's the reason why, ladies and gentlemen. Last week, as soon as we get done recording, the NFC East Yoda, he leaves. Football Yoda, he leaves. We wrap up the show. We high five. We walk downstairs. We go to... <laughs> actually, moment. we go to Priceless Moments. Actually, actually, if you remember, in the middle of the show, Walchick last week received a call from some random Denton number. That's true. It turns out that random Denton number was like a... UNT police. UNT police about his car that was parked here on campus. Well, we walked down to his car, supposedly... The tree that he parked under had a branch that fell off and smashed the car next to him and did some damage. But fortunately for Walchick, he parked in just the right spot to just miss that tree falling. And it would have smashed his car. Yeah, I got away clean. Thank goodness. Thank God you did. And that was a really lucky thing. It's a really lucky thing. I was like, man, you might get an honorable mention dub just for that. Well, then we turn around the next day and Walchick says, hey, dude, I just got an opportunity to call call games for Highland Park. I'm doing sideline. I'm doing color football. Next thing I know, I'm, he's going to be doing some basketball games for some high school teams. So it's like, wow, dude, things are really going well for you. Your car didn't get smashed. Now you just got a little, little new job opportunity. Then the next day I get a text from him. This SOB is going to be on air hosting a show on 105.3 The Fan in December. He's fulfilling host. Home of America's team? And the Texas Rangers, baby. And, and you're going to be on the freaking air? Yeah. Astros. Yeah. Top five market? 7 to 11, I think the night of December, the night after Christmas. The night after Christmas, man. Walchick will be on the air. Tune in. 105.3 The Fan. With friend of the show, Nick Nepic. Oh, yeah. Nick Nepic. Everybody knows Nick. Everybody loves Nick. We'll do some college basketball talk with Nick here. And you pretty, might be producing soon. for us. I don't know the schedule. We don't know. Dude, if I'm, if I'm possible, running the board for that show, it's, it's going to be awesome. Gosh, that's going to be awesome. Our, our chemistry is probably just going to be through the roof. Definitely. Why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be? So Zach Walchuk didn't get his car messed up just by, I mean, just by inches. Got a little new job opportunity and is going to be on air at a top five market. Walchuk, you, my friend, are the biggest dub of the week. Winning. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is uh, very kind of you, Eric. And that's it for Biggest L, Biggest Dub. Congrats, Walchuk. Very good segment there, my friend. Can I give myself a late Biggest L nominee? Because oh, when I course. tried to do the cocaine snorting effect with my nose, I like sucked in a bunch of the felt on this mic cover. Oh, God. And now my allergies are flaring up. <laughs> 
You're high on microphone? It never ends for are you, Bab. Are you high on filth right now, Bab? I think so. Gosh, I'm jealous. Nosebleed Suits Podcast, Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab. We got about 10 minutes before our break, but before we get there, it's time to recap week eight in the National Football League and the college football weekend. And we like to do that by first diving into how did our friends the Yodas do. So let's start with NFC East Yoda. <laughs> and for the second week in a row, that little bugger is undefeated. 2-0, man. That NFC East Yoda, he hit me up Sunday night, and he was like, hey, what'd I tell you? 2-0 last week, 3-0. Make it 5-0 for the last two weeks. He's just, I mean, he's he's feeling confident as ever, and he's excited to be here today. I think he feels pretty good about his vision's for next week's games, and now he's got more on his plate. He's got he's got four games to worry about as opposed to two. But listen, two games, and he was two and zero. Oh. He saw he saw Jonathan Cooper leading the way for Zeke Elliott. Boy, did he ever! And he he, he obviously knew that that the Eagles were gonna Spe- smoke the the 49ers. Speaking of Elliott, minor breaking news: he has just left the courthouse. No decision announced yet, but he has left the courthouse in New York. Okay, so there's a little Elliot breaking news. Walchick seems to be on the verge of tears. Very uneasy. Wow. Don't put your pants back on, dude. You know what? If Zeke's... Come on. We're still having fun. Well, like it's if still Zeke's, a party, If Zeke's dude. pants are on, my pants are on. No, dude. Come yeah. on. No, don't. Gosh. No, I'm one with really, Elliot. Don't. And you're going to button him? You're not even going to at least just let it hang? I'll let the zipper loose, but I'm buttoning the top. All right. Well, this is... Hopefully... It doesn't get any worse than this because I can't stand to see you with your pants on. I do wear nice boxers. NFC East Yoda had a huge week, 2-0. Way to go, way to go. We'll talk to him later. But, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say other than the dude knows what he's talking about. Football Yoda, bounce back week for him. He was 1-2, and two and he was upset dude, when he, he talked. Dude, he, he, was, he was upset. I mean, you tell me, really, because I kind of talked to NFC East Yoda a little more during that segment than you really carry it with Football Yoda. Yeah. But he was on the verge of tears, literally. Yeah, no, last week, yeah, I haven't seen him like that. I mean, all season, even when he's had rough weeks, he comes in here pretty confident, you know? Last week, he comes in here just totally down on himself, and he was he was out for redemption, and clearly, his visions were as clear as could be, because 3-0, and the dude was balling. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he went on an island to train and get the force back, but he got it. Patriots win. Bengals held on to beat the Colts in a game that was tight. And the Steelers are 6-2. and two. They got a victory. And, Bab, I know you're a Steeler fan. How freaking good is Juju Smith-Schuster, youngest player in the league? Listen, man, he got his bike back. Another home run. The Steelers have another pick, another offensive player that just has come in. Bye-bye, Martavis. Brian, you can take your crying to the sidelines. We got Juju. Good old Steelers, man. Even when Willie, like with the, the end of the Willie Parker era, Parker's upset about his playing time. Oh, we don't care. We got Richard Mendenhall behind him. And then same thing when Richard left. Now we got Le'Veon Bill. It's unreal. Other games that happened in London across the pond. The Minnesota Vikings defeated the Cleveland Browns as everyone knew they would. That was a tough one to watch. I was actually at the fan running the board for that game. I didn't see a lick of it. So how was that one? You tell me about that. Yeah, well, listen, it's Cleveland Brown football, and they almost took an honorable mention L. They, they just There were so many honorable mention Ls to go around this week that I just left them off the list just because the Browns, I mean, really could be on the honorable mention list every week. Did Kaiser play? Kaiser did play. Yeah, Kaiser played, and he didn't look terrible, but Minnesota's defense is decent. I mean, there's I, I nothing think Minnesota's to, defense is pretty good. There's nothing to say about 
the game other than the I feel like the Vikings are actually a pretty decent team and if, if they could just get a healthy Sam Bradford or maybe crossing their fingers well, on some Teddy and Bridgewater two, coming and in. that's with Case Keenum playing the majority of those games no I know and that's what I'm saying I'm, I'm but I'm saying their whole team is good and the only thing holding them back from like beating the dog crap out of Cleveland instead of it being kind of a tight game is the fact that Case Keenum's the quarterback so if they could get a Sam Bradford in there or they could get a healthy Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, they could be, a, you know, a top three team in the NFC for sure because that defense is good. They got playmakers on the outside. I know they lost Alvin Cook, but Latavis Murray's pretty good. I mean, seriously, the Jared only McKinnon, thing, another touchdown. Yeah, McKinnon, that's the other thing. So it's just Case Keenum's the only thing that's like keeping everybody from saying Minnesota's a heck of a football team because other than the quarterback spot, they got a heck of a roster. You're J-E-T-E Jeets. Yeah. They lost to the Falcons. I didn't think the Falcons would win another game this year after what happened to them last week to New England, but they got it done in another rainy, ugly game. But I'll tell you what, the Jets are, are competitive. They are mm -hmm. competitive week in and week out. Josh McCown is throwing it and nobody's out there, and they keep putting up points. It's kind of impressive. Well, it ticks me off, and it's just another added to the list of things we don't know about football because we all thought that the Jets were going 0-16, and they're competitive week in, week out. They've already won like three or four games. It's pretty ridiculous. Falcons' problem, though, and I think if you were to talk to fans who watch this game, they'd agree with you. They don't run the football inside the 20. It's like they could run the football, get themselves in a scoring range, and then inside the 20, it's throw, throw, throw. I don't know if Steve Sarkeesian and that coaching staff understands the field gets smaller Therefore, it's a little bit harder to throw the football in those mm. tight areas. Wow. And you've got two really good running backs. Why don't you hand them the ball inside the 20, inside the 10? Dude, man, that would frustrate the crap out of me. It, it makes me think of Dallas in week one against the Giants when they're right there inside the five and they don't hand it to Zeke one time. It's like, what are you doing? When you got Devontae Freeman, you got Tevin Coleman. Listen, I know you got Julio Jones. I know you got big stuff there. But if you're not going to run the ball at all inside the red zone, you're a schmuck, especially when you got Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. It just doesn't make any sense. One thing I am willing to say, folks, and this is a hot take. Uh-oh. Some people might get mad at me. I'm willing to say I was wrong on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Me too. But I'm also willing to say I think Jameis Winston is the most overhyped, overrated quarterback we've had coming to the NFL in the last two decades. The dude's not good. Jameis Winston is an average NFL quarterback, and I don't think he's ever going to be that good in the National Football League. It's hard for me to disagree with you right now. He turns the ball over way too much. He's shown no signs of improvement. He's the so second inconsistent. You start, he's so inconsistent. Inaccurate this, Exactly. Be. The second you start to think maybe he's turned the corner, he, he regresses double what you thought he improved upon, and he is holding back that football team that has a lot of talent. I love him as a person. I love his leadership. I love what he brings in, in that manner. Oh, he won us all over with hard knocks. Oh, he's a leader, gosh. no doubt. Yeah, but totally, on the field, dude. his decision-making is so horrendous. I'd rather have Josh McCown. I couldn't agree with you more. His his decision-making is very troublesome. His inaccurate, his inaccuracy is very troublesome. Especially He's just you, not composed. I mean, they, they give him big receivers left and right, and they're still having to jump through the roof to try to catch these balls he's throwing. And it's like he can throw some... It's like he, he's so inconsistent to where some throws you're like, wow, dude, this guy's a stud. And then there's the next five throws are like, what is happening? He's got that weird, big winding release, and it's just... The fact that his decision-making is so poor and his his accuracy is so poor, it's like those are the two like almost most important things about a quarterback. So I'm with you, dude. Jameis Winston is pretty overrated, and now it's like Tampa. How long? The interesting thing when it comes to stuff like this is how long it takes these teams to admit their mistake. 
right? So it's like they'll draft a guy number one and they're like, okay, no, no, no. Well, we drafted him number one. So even though he sucked and he sucked and he sucked and he sucked, oh, wow, now we've pissed away five years because we were too we were too stubborn to admit our mistake and get rid of it early and go try to remedy that. No, no, no. They'll ride the crappy quarterback for five years because, well, we drafted him and, and, and we trust our we trust our scouts and, and we, we really think he's going to be a good player. He's going to turn the corner. Give me yeah. a break. 100% right. We'll see how long it takes him to... To do that, I don't know. And uh, the Panthers, they win again. It, it, it's ugly, but they got it done. They're five and three. That division's interesting now. The Saints at five and two. It's so weird. And the Saints, I still dude. can't say the Saints are a good team. But they're know. finding ways to win games, and they're doing it in a in a bunch of different ways. If it's got to be a shootout, they're getting it done. If it's going to be a close, grind it out. And they they're running the football. What did we say at the beginning of the year? I said, look, the Saints when they were in their peak. They had a good running game, and they were opportunistic, had turnovers on defense. They're doing that now. Now that they shipped off Adrian Peterson, they're finally letting Mark Ingram get his touches. And Kamara, And they're using stud. Kamar out of the backfield. They've kind of found their rhythm. And Breeze is not himself. That's the interesting thing is Breeze isn't playing like the Breeze we know, and they're still winning games. And that's a tribute to their running game. It's a tribute to the fact that their defense has been so bad over the last few years. They've been a guaranteed worst defense in the league for the last three or four years. Now, all of a sudden, they're... Uh, they're about maybe slightly below average or, or or average. They're not great, but I did see something the other day where their their rookie corner, uh, I think it's Marshawn Lattimore or something like that. Yes, out of from Ohio, Ohio State. State. According to Pro Football Focus, which I don't take as like uh, you know the Bible or anything like it's that. Not Key and Faye's quarterback catalog. It's not the quarterback Bible by any means. Um, so I definitely don't take it. I kind of take PFF with a grain of salt a little bit, but they have Marshawn Lattimore as like the number one or two corner in football thus far. So I think that plays a factor. Listen, dude, if you got a corner playing like the best in the league, that helps your defense out a ton. And that probably speaks volumes to how New Orleans is able to remain afloat defensively. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Final two games will hit before we go to the break. Raiders, another team, very disappointing this year. Three and five, and the Bills. I was going to say, dude. Man, dude, that defense is for real. Doug McDermott is doing a hell of a job. And at home, they are very, very difficult to beat. Ralph Wilson Stadium is one of the toughest to play, and those Bills fans are just insane, especially as it gets later in the year and it starts getting it starts getting icy, it starts getting slushy, it starts getting windy. Oh, man, that place is loud, and they love their Bills. I mean, there's n- literally nothing to do in Buffalo besides watch a Bills game. Like, literally, Monday through Saturday, I don't know what people in Buffalo do. I truly don't. I don't think there's anything to do. And then Sunday, you watch the Bills, and you just go nuts. You let out six days' worth of energy right there in Ralph Wilson Stadium. And the Bills are a good team. We've said it on this show before. Tyrod Taylor's an underrated quarterback. We both like him. And, and Sean McCoy might be the most underrated running back. You're totally right, man. Listen, people you go forget to Buffalo, about you. I know, because you go to Buffalo, and it's like people just forget about you in general because no one cares about Buffalo. But you're right. LaShawn McCoy's a heck of a player. Their defense is playing very, very good. And that might be a team. I mean, we talk about we don't know anything. Do we know that Buffalo's a good team now? Can we say that? I think through halfway through the season, yeah. I think Buffalo's a good team, man. They're going to be in the hunt to get that wild card spot. If it wasn't for Tom bleeping Brady, they would be head and shoulders the best team in the AFC East without a doubt. Absolutely. The freaking Bills, man. Who would have thought? I think the other thing we can say we know for sure Deshaun Watson is a freaking savage, and he might be the best player in fantasy football after what he did on the road at Seattle against the Legion of Boom, 400 yards, four touchdowns. He did have three picks, but he had them in the game, in the thick of things, 41 to 38. Russell Wilson matched him. Yeah, Wilson was a Through the air, but who would have thunk it? Seattle ever in a shootout game. You just don't think that. But Deshaun Watson took it to him, got tons of praise from Richard Sherman, 
and that Seattle defense afterwards. Deshaun Watson is legit. Houston's finally got a quarterback. Hey, I said it would happen, Bab. I think I said Houston would win the Super or be in the Super Bowl a year, two years after he was drafted. What yes. was it? Yeah. I think was it next year? I think it was, yeah, next year. And you know what? I'm sticking proud to that, man. I love Deshaun Watson. I think he's the real deal. I want to ask Football Yoda about that. Yeah, we should. But the Seahawks, again, found a way to win. They're at 5-2, and two, and they're running away with that division now that Arizona's out of the thick of things. San Francisco's playing for the number one pick. And the Rams, look, the Rams are hanging in there, but I still can't quite buy into them. We'll see how they look after this bye week. Well, going back to Deshaun Watson for a second, the one thing that's really impressive about him is he's actually pushing the ball down the field, and he's not just doing it against crappy teams. He's doing it against the freaking Seahawks in Seattle, which is a got to be, I mean, it's for a quarterback, it's got to be a tough top three toughest places to play. When you think about the environment plus the defense that you're going up against, holy crap, you're a rookie quarterback, you're throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and then after the game, you have Richard Sherman saying he's the best quarterback we've faced all year? Dang, dude, that's some high praise from a guy who's not just dealing out praise to anybody. I mean, Richard Sherman's not just coming after a game and saying, oh, yeah, that's, that's a really good quarterback. No, no, no. I mean, Deshaun Watson's playing like a baller, and I'm trying to find this Kean Fahey stat where that he was tweeting about something about just, like, how he's pushing the ball down the field so often, and it was, like, the first... His first, like, 18 passes of the game. And, like, okay, yeah. His first eight. Okay. Deshaun Watson had 18 passes in the first half of that game. 12 of them traveled 10 or more yards downfield. Seven of them traveled 20 or more yards down the field. Which, according to Kian Fahey, is ridiculous when you compare him to the rest of the quarterbacks in the league where they're just going two yards, two yards, two yards, well, two yards. And he's got receivers that that's what they're good at. That's what Will Fuller is all about. He's a speed demon. Chuck it up, throw it to him, and all he's doing is catching touchdowns now. And DeAndre Hopkins is back to being one of the top three to five receivers in football right now. Houston, man. If they could just get a good football coach. I mean, their offense is going well, See, so credit to Bill O'Brien. I don't know. I, I guess so I'm in the minority. The he has no balls. <clears throat> Why? Why? Why he's do got, you say He's that? got a butt chin like you've never seen yeah, before. Yeah, okay, besides the butt chin. No, he's what, got a great butt. What about him as a coach do you not like? Terrible play calling yeah, in let bad situations. Does he call the plays? He is the play caller Okay, there. so give me an example because I don't sit and watch four quarters of Texans football. But from an outside perspective, he's won at Penn State and he's won mm. and got Houston to the playoffs with scrubs at the quarterback position, which is the most important, 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 the most important position on the field. So to me, he's done a hell of a coaching job. I think he, I think he's a good coach. He develops players well. He's a very good quarterback coach. I think he's just been given S to work with for the past few years in Houston. I think he's a solid coach. I don't know if he's the right one to make the plays. I'd rather they'd hand that off to the OC or some or, or something like that because I don't know if it's the like uh, if it's everything he has to deal with. I don't know if that's what it is, but especially like on the third and four when they were driving to to, to try and put up another score on Seattle, it's just there's there's moments here and there. There's not it's not too detrimental, but it's like why. On multiple occasions, it's they, just there like, were weird calls against the the playoff game against the Chiefs last year. Mm-hmm. That play- game against the Patriots this yeah. year, where it's like, dude, just go for the fourth and inches instead of sell- settling for the field goal. That's going to allow Tom Brady to go uh, yeah. have a game winning drive to win the game. It's yeah. like, dude, 
are you what are you doing and it's just it comes down it's not that he's a bad coach it's just that he doesn't really seem to have balls he's got the he's got the biggest butt chin ever he's got no balls okay to company. so now now it's i think we've had this conversation and we are now at the same conclusion he's a good coach not necessarily a good play caller in your opinion so he should go the gear route get himself an offensive coordinator and you'll be happy with him yeah okay that's fair no split seats podcast zach wolchuk eric chiafalo producer bad we're going to step aside momentarily hell i think we're only going to give you the diamond broker commercial because we love them so much and we got lots of content that we need to get to including college football we'll hit college football when we get back then we'll get weird real quick terrell owens guns shredded do we agree wow all right let's go to break i'm gonna beat the crap out of bab in the break hello i'm robert of the diamond broker over the past 30 years many jewelry stores have come and gone but we are still here. We were one of the first companies to offer diamonds from the cutters directly to the public. We are Dallas's original diamond broker with an A-plus rating at the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Located on the northeast corner of Preston and Forest, the diamond broker has been the go-to source for loose diamonds, engagement rings, bracelets, pendants, and diamond studs. I guarantee that you will not find a better company than the diamond broker to buy from. Want proof? Come see our walls filled with pictures of our satisfied customers. Ask around. Someone you know has done business with us. This holiday, visit the Diamond Broker for an engagement ring, pre-owned Rolex, or a special diamond gift for your loved one. The Diamond Broker, Dallas Original Diamond Broker, located on the northeast corner of Preston and Forest in Dallas, or on the web at diamondbrokerdallas.com. Yeah, we them boys. Cowboys win again. 2-0 in the division, 4-3 and on the year. They are flying high. We them boys. Victory Monday, man. Proud of you. Happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric follow producer, Bab. We still await the Ezekiel Elliott decision. We are waiting. Hopefully it comes in before the show concludes. A couple other breaking news stories in the National Football League. Jimmy Garoppolo, the backup for Tom Brady in New England, is now a San Francisco 49er. The Niners trade a second-round pick for Jimmy G. A little bit of question marks now as to Kirk Cousins' future. A lot of people just assumed Cousins to his former head offensive coordinator coach, Kyle Shanahan, in San Francisco. Now the head coach there, maybe not. Jimmy G, we'll see how he does. Dwayne Brown, former offensive tackle of the Houston Texans, now with the Seattle Seahawks. He has also been traded. So as we near the trade deadline in the NFL, two big moves were made there. Other pigskin talk. College football, it is now November. The playoff is getting crazy. TCU, who was number four in the country, they lose on the road to Iowa State. Didn't have a single offensive touchdown. Kenny Hill did his typical Kenny Hill stuff from South Lake Carroll just up the road in a big game. Unable to do it. And then number two, Penn State and the Senquan Barkleys. Tell you what, he's still locked and loaded as my Heisman winner, especially after you saw him take the opening kickoff for a touchdown. In the shoe, Penn State up two scores late in the fourth quarter. Eric, I got to give you a ton of respect, my man. You and I, we've both been harsh on JT Barrett and his inability to throw the football. You said, look, you've been hearing through the grapevine, JT Barrett has figured it out and he is throwing the ball well. My, oh my, he had not only a tremendous fourth quarter, one for the ages, but he played a great four quarters of football. The Buckeyes come back at home, stun Penn State, 
and now they are right back into the top four at third in the country. The biggest thing for me, not only was it JT Baird in that fourth quarter, Ohio State's defense, man. Barkley only ran for like 40 yards for the game. That's a tough thing to do. Barkley runs through everyone. Now, he still obviously had a great play opening kickoff 98 yards for a touchdown. Barkley's still a stud. But that Ohio State defense shutting him down for less than 50 yards on the ground, that's big time. Ohio State's finally clicking on all cylinders. They, I think it's very fair for them to be in the top four. They're easily one of the top teams in the country. It really comes down to will JT Barrett play well because they have a great coach, Urban Meyer. They clearly have a stud defense. I mean, they got athletes all over the place. It's just can JT Barrett just play decent, right? We don't even need you to play lights out. We just need you to not play like you've never played before. Like, like you've never played the sport before. JT Barrett stat line, 33 of 39, 328 yards, four touchdowns through the air. Also carried the ball 17 times for 95 yards. Unbelievable. Finally looked like a quarterback, man. Yeah, Good no, for you, JT. Proud of you, bud. He did his job. Another local kid from Wichita Falls, Ryder. Huge win for Ohio State. Penn State with the loss. Still in the top 10, but they now fall to seventh in the country in the polls. And we still will await the first. I think this is the first week for the college football rankings. Bab, check on that for me. Uh, I'd like to know that if I'm right or if I'm wrong. Either way, we should know when that is. Other big game this weekend, your Miami Hurricanes. Eric got the victory. Gosh, it was ugly, dude. It was an ugly one against the North Carolina team. Hey, you you mentioned North Carolina's bad. I didn't realize they were 1-7 bad, but they got the win, and we've got the final call from Canes Radio just for you, my man. Joe Zagaki. Woo! The Canes Rozier win. does take the knee. And that will do it, as the Canes don't have to snap it again. And now there's pushing and shoving between the two teams at midfield. This has been a competitive series since the Hurricanes joined the ACC. There's not a lot of love lost between these two. Wow, that was an exhilarating call. Honestly, I'm really glad we got the audio for that, because I don't think we would have we would have been able to do the show without it. I mean, what an incredible game-winning call there. Is that an all-time call? Can we say that's a top five college football call of all time? That along with Al Michaels' miracle call when yeah. the U.S. beat the Soviet Union. Neck and neck. Right there, man. You're splitting hairs. But the Canes did it, and now that sets up an epic showdown with Virginia Tech. Flashback to 2001, baby. And we're wearing our Miami Knights unis, which means we're wearing all black. Ooh, it's gonna be It's going to be pretty cool. You like those unis? They look pretty dope, yeah. Is it orange numbers? Yeah, they got some... Uh, I think it's white numbers with like some orange trim. They got orange on the shoulder. They're, like the, the the orange that's on there stands out a lot because it's contrasted with that all black. It's a night game in Miami. I thought we were in Blacksburg last week when I mentioned. I thought we were playing on the road in Virginia. No, they get Virginia Tech and Notre Dame these next two weeks at home. Huge, huge. I still don't think we win both of them. I, I'm just hoping we win one of one of the two. And Notre Dame beat the crap at NC State this week. Notre Dame's looking really stinking good. Virginia Tech's coming off a bye, so they're going to be rested. They've been game planning for us for two weeks now. And I'm a little bit worried because Rogier, our quarterback, got banged up in the game, hurt his shoulder, went out for a while, ended up coming back in. But we just didn't look that good. We Our offense just wasn't good really at all. And our defense is forcing turnovers left and right. We're whipping out the turnover chain. Gold, beautiful. We get no points off like four or five turnovers. We put up 24 points against the worst team in college football. So the Canes have a legit defense. They, the Canes have a legit defense for sure, but they do not have a legit offense, at least according to last week. First college football playoff rankings drop Tuesday. 
tomorrow. Tomorrow from the recording of this podcast or when at, you're listening, six, at 6 p.m. Okay. Yeah. It could be yesterday. It could be today. It could be tomorrow, depending this on week. when you're listening. Hey, we'll say it this week, so it's not time-stamped at all. But this week, the college football rankings come out. Northwestern upsets Michigan State in triple overtime. Shout-out to Pat Fitzgerald and the Northwestern Wildcats. Patty Fitz. Oklahoma holds serve at home over Texas Tech, a team that's given them problems in the past. And Oklahoma State goes on the road and beats the 22nd-ranked West Virginia Mountaineers, and that sets up Bedlam, ladies and gentlemen. They moved it, Bedlam, between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, usually the final game of the year. Well, they didn't want to do this this year because the Big 12 scheduled a championship game, even though it doesn't really make sense. There's only 10 teams in the conference. They all play each other anyway. But we want a championship game because we feel like our conference needs it to possibly have that week to play in front of the College Football Playoff Committee. Well, next week is your Bedlam week. You've got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State duking it out. I believe Oklahoma is now 8th in the country. Oklahoma State at 11. Loser of that, eliminated, in my opinion, from playoff contention. Winner vaults themselves right back in it, especially if it's Oklahoma, because they have that huge win on the road, dominating over Ohio State. And now you've got the Buckeyes who have risen back to the cream of the crop. If Oklahoma wins that, wins out, gets the Big 12 title, I think they've got a shot to get themselves in the top four before it's all said and done. Yay for Baker Mayfield. What a bounce back he's had, man. Just eight months ago, he was face deep in concrete with police surrounding him. Now he's up for the Heisman. Penn State plays at Michigan. Clemson plays at NC State. And LSU goes on the road to try and beat Bama. But you know that's just going to be another roll tide roll. I'm going to predict it now. I'm going to predict it now. Obviously, I'm no NFC East Yoda, but I'm going to go 13-6. to Those games are always just terrible. You think it's going to be close? That's a a touchdown game. That's a one-possession football game. Yeah, it's a one-possession football game, but it'll be boring. It'll be sloppy. It'll be defense. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Wisconsin, your top four in both the AP and the coaches' poll. Notre Dame right on the outside looking in at five in the AP. Yeah, Notre Dame leaped Miami. See, Okay, so, so here's how bad Miami played. We were eighth in the country. We played. We won. But we won so sloppy that we dropped down to nine and like three teams jumped ahead. It's of us. weird, man. You're into the rankings now, huh? No, I mean, the rankings don't oh, matter. Oh, you shut rankings your don't mouth. Matter. You know you love them. They're fun, baby. Shit. Ranking fever. Everyone's got them. They're fun. Just embrace it. Roll with it. Don't resist it. Nosebleed Seats Podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Schiafala, producer Bab. That's your look at college football. From last weekend, what you have to look forward to and feast on I think, this coming week. I think weekend. we should mention one thing. We already talked about the Gators got smoked by Georgia. Yes. I think Georgia might be the best team in college football at this point. Look, Georgia will have their chance at Alabama in the SEC title game. Let's say both those teams are undefeated. And I know, Bab, I'm sorry I ended the segment. But before we officially wrap it, let's say both those teams are undefeated and it's a good game. And... For argument's sake, let's say Georgia beats Alabama or vice versa either way. Is the loser of that game still in the top four? I feel like Alabama, if Alabama loses, I feel like they still could be because of just what what they have and longevity of being dominant, especially if it's, like you said, a close game. Georgia, I don't know. I don't know if they'll have the same respect for Georgia as well, Georgia they do for Alabama. would have a win on the road at South Bend over Notre Dame. What if Notre Dame's in that conversation? Fair point. And their one loss is then to Georgia. Man, so many what ifs. There's so many what ifs, and we'll see how it all plays out. But that is why. But Georgia's a good team. That's just that's all I wanted to no, say. You're We're going to talk right. about college football this week. You got to mention that the fact that Georgia is pretty damn good, dude. No, absolutely, and that's going to be fun to come down and uh, see how things unfold, especially in that SEC title game, if and when those two teams meet. 
That is our college football wrap-up. Like I said, it is the Nosebleed Seas podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bam. At this time of the show, it's time for us all to take a breather, sit back, relax, and get a little weird. You take your pants off. Let's just get vaped out right now. I'm looking to get weird. That's weird, man. Time to get weird with Wolf Chuck, baby. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Oh my gosh, Wolf Weirdy, weirdy, weird. You follow as the shirt is literally off right now. Thank God. Well, listen, your pants are off. I forgot my weird pants. Might as well go shirtless. I'm loving it. It is out and it is about, my you friend. You don't care about the hair? That Heck didn't freak no. you out? My hair. care about the hair at all, and I'm loving the American flag and the Italian flag tat on the chest, my brother. One other question. What about the small nipples? Well, baby nips. it's a nice contrast to my peps, my pepperoni nipples. That's true. You do have the salami. I come in with a little baby newborn nips. So on the buffet line, we are really catering to everybody's needs. Catering nips. That's what we like to do. Here on No Split Seats Podcast. My first story for Let's Get Weird with Wolchuk, episode 37, Adishion. Shout out to Jeremiah Bell. We are going to Alaska. Now, I've been to Alaska, and I will say it's the greatest place I've ever been to. Awesome, awesome place to go visit. What about the homeland? Yeah, I'd take Alaska over the homeland. For those of you that don't know the homeland, the homeland for Wolchuk is South Africa. He is our oh, resident. I thought you were talking Israel. Caucasian, South African, Very Jewish, different, very different. South Africa, American. gorgeous on its own right. There's just something about Alaska that's just tranquil and peaceful. Tranquil. Yes. What a word. It is. It's a good one, but it's true. I think that's a great... You're just chilling in Alaska. You look around and you're like, man, am I on the set of a movie right now? It's just... It's insane. It's absolutely gorgeous. So, this story is at an airport runway in Alaska. Scott Babcock, our good old foreman... Babcock? Babcock, yeah, at the Alaska airport. Wait, why are we talking about Babcock? No, Scott Babcock. No relation to Bab or his cock. Okay. Went out onto the runway at Wiley Post Will Rogers Memorial Airport. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce the city in which of Alaska in which this was. Bab- uh, look at this. U-T-Q-I-A-G-V-I-K. Wow. That's some, uh, that's some like, some like Alaskan, Icelandic, weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. Let's get back to Babcock. He goes out there to clear some snow, and he's surprised to find a visitor just waiting for him on the runway. And we've got some audio to prove it, Bab. Take it away. This should be, I don't know what you labeled it as, but on my run sheet, I think it's cut 10. I labeled it as seal on runway. Thanks so, for giving it away. Wait, we have Babcock so, on the runway. So it's just another day here at the old Wiley Post, Will Rogers Memorial Airport. We got some traffic on the runway. Is this Babcock talking? What do you know? I'm out blowing snow. Flight service calls me, says, "Hey, man, you got an unwanted visitor." And there he is. So Alaska Airlines is going to come out here and back taxi with their jet, and hopefully uh, the jet engine will spook this guy off the runway. If not, I guess he'll get he'll get a toe strap. A 450-pound bearded seal was just chilling on the runway, and they've got to come out and apparently try and get a jet 
to blow its engine towards the seal so it gets uncomfortable enough to move. Otherwise, I don't know what he said there. Was he going to go get a toaster? I don't know. Poor Babcock. I don't understand Alaskan. Apparently, the Department of Transportation warned pilots that there could be lots of seals on the runway. This time of year, they've had birds, they've had caribou, they've had polar bears. They've had Babscock. But this is the first time they've really had a seal problem, but it, it's something seal. they are now going to have to worry about. And other flight news, by the way, did you see the Oklahoma City Thunder plane that had a huge dent in the front of it? I don't know how this baby was able to land, but this plane literally was impaled in the front. I don't know if it hit a, a pack of birds or something. Go Google it. Look at the picture of the Oklahoma City flight. It is weird. The front of this thing, the nose of the plane, is literally caved in. Story number two on Let's Get Weird with Wolchuk. And this is one of the funniest headlines I think we've had when I tell it to you. You can let me know how funny you think it is. The story itself, though, a little heartbreaking. Oh, no. Tiny Kitten Needs a Butthole. <laughs> Classic case of kitten needs a butthole. And a cat rescue group is trying to help. So this poor little kitten named Cluck. They named the kitten Cluck. Gosh, poor guy. That's worse than Babscock. Yeah, a 10-day-old <laughs> kitten. Apparently she's sweet, adorable, and is learning to crawl around. But the only way she is different... She can't poop. It's because she's got a life-threatening effect. She was born without a butthole. Gosh, that would be just the worst. Cluck who was rescued from the L.A. streets with her mother and other members of her litter, suffers from a condition called an imperforate anus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means her urine and feces come out of the same hole. So imagine trying to poo, poo through the area in which... That took a turn for the disgusting. You logic. go number one, yeah. So according to Sean Simons she's, of the... She's crapping out of her box? Yeah, of the Kitty Bungalow oh, Charm School for Wayward Cats, a street cat rescue clinic. Cluck's condition was discovered four days ago, and she needs an operation very soon or she will die. How do you surgically, how do you, like, put a butthole on somebody? You know, I don't I don't really know. Do we just have, like, uh, cadaver buttholes? Like, do you just go, like, take a butthole from a dead person well, what and Simon's, put it on? Simon's right now is trying to raise some money to perform an operation. And he's raising this through a crowd rise campaign called Kitty Needs Butthole. Quote, okay, yeah. Quote, unquote, Kitty Needs Butthole. So if you want why to not? throw some money towards this cause, just crowd rise campaign kitty needs butthole and when you, when you find the picture of this poor little kitten it is adorable sounds like kitty's trying to find some ass yeah right now she's nursing off her mom so her poop is very liquidy <sighs> but when the poop when she starts eating harder food uh, it's gonna hard. be impossible for her poop to pass through there because let's be real here well she as have a, a man or a woman yeah imagine trying to poop through the area in which your pee pee comes out hmm I tried not, that once. It was not. not it wasn't for me. No, it wasn't for me. So this poor little kitten needs uh, a, a butthole. A, a butthole surgery. Yeah. Well, so I'm just. I'm still though. I'm trying to figure out like, like when you need a hip replacement. Like mm -hmm. you go take a hip from a dead person and and you put that in your body. So do they go find a dead cat and take the dead cat's butthole and put it on this cat or? 
I'm just trying to figure out how they get a butthole. Like, there's no butthole, and then, bam, snap of fingers, now there's a butthole. I am not a doctor. Hopefully, more of this story comes out. This kitten lives and survives. I and have so many questions. We, we need find to do a follow-up. I don't know if it's like, look, they can do all kinds of things these days with sex change surgeries. And God knows what else. So, I mean, ma building somebody their own butthole, I don't think would be completely out of the realm of possibility. Just like a man-made butthole? Yes. Interesting. You just make it yourself. Imagine being the guy who has to sit at home every day and and make buttholes for animals, for humans. I wonder if this is a human problem, The too. butthole creator. Has there ever been a human that was born without a butthole? I'm sure there was. I'm sure. I'm sure there, this has happened, but this poor cat. Good Lord, I'm so upset about this. Gosh, that's so awful, man. Next story I've got for you in relation whoa, to whoa, Halloween. Wait. Oh, what you're, about, you're showing the buttholes. I'm stuck, man. Okay, like, yeah, what else you I mean, got what about me? like, uh, what about like... I mean, cats fart too, don't they? Well, this one's not farting, I don't think. Or is she farting... Maybe. Out of... Maybe. Not her butthole. That could be true. Unbelievable. We we need a we need a, a follow-up on this. I don't know how. I've never even heard of a situation like this. But yeah, I'll keep my eyes peeled. Man. It's, it's crazy. She's not going to be able to get a boyfriend without a butthole. Why do you say that? You butthole. Come on. Are you afraid of clowns? Yes. No. Are you? No, you're not. I just. Bab, I can't you seem like him. the kind. Of, no, you're not afraid of clowns. He's not afraid of. Bab seems like he hangs out with clowns. Bab's a huge, it fan, Stephen King fan, so he loves clowns. I know Babscock loves clowns. Bab, I've got a tease for this. Whenever you're ready, hit it, and then I will explain the rest of the story. I want my whopper. Has Ronald McDonald gone to the dark side? Holy crap! Has he? Wait. People might want to stay clear. I want my whopper. Wait, so that's everything? Oh, that's just the tease for the story, baby. Oh, my God. People who are afraid of clowns might want to steer clear of Burger King on All Hallows' Eve. Uh-oh. What are they doing? Fast food junkies with a fear of clowns? Well, you might want to reconsider. Wait, so wait, so women shouldn't go there to have their baby like those, those other chicks did a couple weeks ago? I don't believe that location is one of the five that are doing the special. Burger King is hoping to attract thousands of clowns to five select restaurants this Tuesday, which is Halloween, by offering each location's first 500 clown-clad guests a free Whopper sandwich. The locations are in Chiafalo's hometown of Miami, hey. Boston, Ew. Los Angeles, nice. Austin, Texas, and Salt Lake City. The Utes. News of the offer came in the release of a particularly creepy YouTube video that shows a man being chased by the painted characters until he reaches a Burger King restaurant. Once inside, he's met by a sinister-looking yellow and red-suited clown that resembles none other than the famous Ronald McDonald, McDonald's mascot and Burger King's arch-rival. This is just like the war of the of the drive-thrus, man. It's the war of the Big Mac versus the Whopper. I'm I'm going Big Mac. I mean, you, you've heard what I talk about McDonald's. I think it's disgusting for anybody who eats there, even though I've recently eaten there. You've recently found a McDonald's love. You love it. You get it at least once a week. Um, that might be true. It is true. I they're know actually, it their chicken true. tenders. Their 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 chicken tenders. The new ones. The new chicken tenders they got are actually pretty good. Like. If you need chicken tenders and there's a McDonald's there, dude, freaking go get them because they're better than Whataburgers. Are they better than the McNuggets? 
the reason why I like them better than the McNuggets is because I feel like it's actually real chicken. Whereas the McNuggets, I don't think anybody's sure. No, I don't think it's real chicken. Like, I don't think it's real. And I love, like, taste-wise, I mean, listen, I love the McNuggets, but they never sit right. I mean, they never sit right. No, it's like when you go to Taco Bell, and the next morning you're paying for it, which happened to me on Saturday night. But but if you're a cat without a butthole, how do you pay for it? You don't. You die, probably. It builds up and... God, I hope that cat makes it. According to a press release by Burger King, clowns are the third most sought-after Halloween costume this year. Thanks like, to the movie It. Exactly. It we, sucked. No, it was great. We don't usually talk about clowns, said Alex Macedo, president of North America's Burger King brand, in a statement. But for this Halloween, come dressed as a clown to eat like a king. It's also got the list of locations. And apparently, by the way, this is not an all-day deal. It's only 7 p.m. to closing time. <laughs> Semisonic shout-out right there. Yeah, Bad. so that's that's the dealio. If you're interested, dress like a clown. Go to one of these five locations if you live in any of those cities. And boom, get yourself a WAPA. Bab, was there ever a time in your life where you aspired to be like a circus clown? No. Wow. Okay. So I read that totally wrong. He looks like a clown. He. It's not even that he looks like a clown. He just looks like someone who would, you know, aspire to be a clown. Yeah. Like when he grows up. Yeah. No, I think he's a sexy bastard. No split seats podcast. Zach Wolchuk, Eric Chiafalo, producer Bab, and that is producer Babscock. Let's get weird with Wolchuk, episode thirty-seven. Now, Bam. Yes. It's been a special time for you and uh, for the city of Houston as the Astros are one win away from the World Series. Now, I don't know when you're listening to the show. If you're listening to it the day of Game 6, congratulations. If you're listening to it and the series is already a wrap, well, then I am sorry. But as of right now, it has been a World Series for the ages. Have the length of the game's been kind of crazy last night in particular. Fox ran out of commercials to play because the game ran too long. But the endings have been phenomenal. And I think you clear cut have the two best teams in baseball facing off in the fall classic. Yeah, this is nuts. No one can pitch, though, which is kind of weird because, well... It's weird more for so for the Dodgers because they had the best bullpen in all of baseball and the Astros have eviscerated their bullpen this series. But then again, even for how bad the uh, Astros bullpen normally is in the first place, uh, they're pitching even worse than normal. There was no reliever in last night's 13-12, to 10th inning Astros win. Joe Mus- Between the two teams, Joe Musgrove over the Astros was the only reliever who went longer than one inning and did not give up a run. Wow. Like, every reliever, besides the guys who came in just to, like, get one out or something like that, uh, all of them gave up at least one run. It was, it's was it been ridiculous. And the offenses have just been making clutch hits. Yasiel Puig, the one thing that stood out to me in Game 5, and I'm sure you guys have seen this by now, but watching it live at the time, I had to rewind this several times and rewatch it. Puig's home run. Out of the park. Great. Ties the game up. Sends the game into extra innings, essentially, because the Astros didn't do anything in the bottom of the ninth. But it was caught by an Astros fan in the stands. Yeah, it was. Kirk Head. He gives it over to his girlfriend. That's his name, by the way, Kirk Head. Was it really? Yeah. So his girlfriend's holding this thing. That's Sarah Head. And their friend reaches over 
grabs the ball, rips it out of this girl's hand, Sarah's. and throws it back onto the field. Yeah, Kirk did that. What a freaking D-bag. I well, mean, I'm just of the opinion, like the whole throw the ball back onto the field thing, Not no matter that the guy's a complete D-bag, but just that concept at all is the stupidest thing in the world to me. Because the odds of catching a home run baseball at a major league baseball game is like less than getting struck by lightning five times in three different states. So for you to throw back a home run ball, even if it's hit by the opposing team in game five of the World Series, I don't care. I'm hanging on to that. Okay, so Bab, big time Astros fans yeah. catching a Yasiel Puy game winning. I'm I'm hanging on to that baseball. Well, the even Astros if it's game still winning. won. The Astros no, 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 but won I'm, the no, end. But I'm, I'm trying to paint the game winning picture. Yasiel Puig walk off home run. Ends the World Series. You're keeping that ball? I'm keeping that ball. And I wow. will fight any Astros fan who wants to throw it back on the field. Even Kirk? I love it. I will fight Kirk. Punch Kirk head right in the head? Because, yeah, the odds of, of that happening to you are so rare. Well, at least let him explain himself. Because Kirk Head, when asked about it, why did you do that? Simply put, he said, bleep the Dodgers. I mean, I'm bleep the Dodgers, too. Is but that not a good enough explanation for you, Bab? I'm bleep the Dodgers, but you don't throw a freaking home run ball back onto the field. Then at least not, make then, some money off of it. Then you're not really bleep the Dodgers, man. You're no. not really bleep the Dodgers. Look, he, the only thing that I could... bleep the baseball fan, <laughs> because as a baseball fan, I'm hanging on to history. Even if it bites you in well, the I rear end. Yeah. It's even worse that, that this... I'm an Astros fan. I've been through bite me in the ass all, every, oh, yeah. all the time. And you could see it on the Astros fans' faces after that game was tied. It looked like everybody in that stadium was just expecting the worst. Is that how it is watching the Astros? Uh, yes, every year. It's you're like just that all the time. The loss. Like, you're up 3-2 in the series right now, Bab. Do you even feel good? No. Like, has this been the most... Justin I mean, Verlander is pitching tomorrow. He is 10-0 and 0 in games he has appeared in for the Astros. Not just started, appeared in. That is the best... 10-game start of any pitcher for a single team since he was acquired by said team in the 113-year history of Major League Baseball, and I am fully convinced there is still a high chance we lose this series. Because, of course. Expect the worst. But I think, Bab, uh, I'm just going to let you know, the Astros are going to win the series with Verlander on the mound in Game 6. I said Astros in 6. It's You did say Astros in 6, my friend, and you know what? It's Damn, coming to fruition. You know, I wish it was already over so we could pop bottles in here right now. Like We should be already celebrating. I know, I know, but next week, hold it, baby. We're going to be popping bottles like it's 1989. I'll bring the goggles? Yes. Bab. You said you are bringing the goggles. I'm going to have Bab bring everything else. I'm just going to show up. You're not even going to bring the ladies? I'll be too drunk to Walk. control the board. Carry me to my room. Well, we don't have any drops anyway, Bab, so it's all right. <laughs> Made sure of that already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the demise of nosebleed seats, thanks to Bab. No, thanks Bab, to Bab's film project. I just have really, really good feelings about this. I mean, I watched... I mean, there was five days worth of baseball last night and I caught a good half hour of it. Believe it or not, I did actually watch some Whoa, of Whoa, you watched some of the game? I watched Kershaw blow a four-run lead in the fourth inning. Did you watch him blow another three-run lead later on? I had already turned it off by then because, listen, oh. it had been... I mean, listen, I'm not going to watch two days worth that of baseball. That was the biggest thing of it all last night. You have Dallas Keuchel against Clayton Kershaw, two of the best pitchers of the Keuchel. game, and they give up ten earned runs between the two of them. These offenses, though, these offenses yeah. are two of the best in baseball as well. And sometimes the offenses just smash away the great pitching. But I think with Verlander, he's going on that magical run. We've seen it with Baumgana, 
We've seen it uh, with Cliff Lee. We've seen it throughout the last few years with some big-name pitchers that just go on that magical run, and they can't be slowed down. Who was it? Tim Lincecum did it with the Giants yep. before Bumgarner. I mean, it's, it's, it's happened, and I think Verlander's just kind of on that magical carpet ride. You know what makes us even better, too? Because you know who we requested a trade to at the trade deadline? Who's that? Dodgers. For Kershaw? No, for Verlander. Oh, really? Yeah. Sorry, Verlander. I'd, Verlander I'd, requested I'd, yeah. a trade to the Dodgers. He requested I get, I get a trade to mean. the Dodgers. Crazy. Crazy. And, uh, yeah, he may uh, shut out the uh, pound down the Dodgers to claim the World Series. Mm. We'll see what happens. It's the No Split Seats podcast. Zach Bolswick, Eric follow producer Bab. Before we get the Yodas in here, because they're not quite ready yet, it's time for a little Halloween story time. It is the week of All Hallows' Eve. Last week we did a candy draft. We don't have time to do anything that in-depth, but I kind of wanted to go around the room, and I've got three questions for each of you. Oh, jeez. I'm going to start three. I wasn't prepared for this. I know you want to keep it on my toes. By the way, I went to a haunted house this weekend. This does not count as one of the three questions. How do you all feel about haunted houses? I cannot stand the idea of haunted houses. I wow. think they are the biggest scam. I go back and forth with, is the Texas State Fair the biggest scam of all time, or are haunted houses uh, the biggest the scam? I State Fair first. Okay, so you go State Fair number because one. Because it, it, you have to, like pay like 30 bucks an hour just to breathe the air at the state fair yeah it's inc- it's just such a ripoff you pay to get in and then you pay to do anything in there you pay 52 dollars for a corn dog you pay 92 dollars for the smallest funnel cake you've ever seen if you want three chicken wings you're going to spend all the tickets you have it doesn't matter how many tickets you have you have to give them all away yeah it's a nightmare and who wants to ride a ride that got built last week and is going to be taken down next week it just sounds awful and it's obviously probably hot as balls when you're there too so the Texas State Fair, I mean, my gosh, but what are we talking about? Haunted houses? Haunted houses. Haunted houses are such a freaking scam. I don't under, it's, it's just truly like when I, I just don't understand why anyone would want, even if it was free, even if you didn't have to pay oh, anything, I love them. why really? would you want to go stand oh, in so line great, in some cold, dark night? Well, see, we didn't stand in line and we bought the fast passes, which oh, this, so you is, spent this is where, $1, yeah, this is where I kind of spent more than I was wanting to, but I will say we avoided standing in line for an hour with the fast pass, and we walked essentially right into the thing. Okay, well, I'm sure you paid the price for it. No, I thought it was awesome, man. I loved it. I thought that the set designs in this thing were dope. I had a great time. I thought it was a lot of fun. Okay, how long did it last? Walking through, well, as soon as you entered the house to when you left the house? That was probably about 30 minutes. 30 minutes, and you paid what, $50? Yes. $50 just for you? No. Okay, so fifty between you and your girlfriend. It was well, it was fifty per person. I paid holy god a hundred dollars for me. You and the spent one hundred dollars to walk through a house where somebody in a mask is gonna say, "Ah!" Yeah, and then you're gonna walk ten more feet, and then the next guy in a crazy mask is gonna go, "Ah!" It was not as good as Cutting Edge. Another a- local, which is uh, takes at least an hour to go through. I think that's more worth it. You know what? Definitely wasn't wasn't as good as just staying home in your comfy little bed, hanging out with uh, maybe your friend Mary, watching a little TV and going to sleep. Okay. Uh, we do have a Zeke update. For oh, once a year. Nothing balls. finalized. Oh, balls. What is it? Nothing finalized. Bleacher Report is citing an unnamed source saying that Elliot will win his injunction. Oh, thank God. The way you were oh, phrasing that. Oh, man. I thought I was about to have a conniption not, fit. <laughs> not, not finalized. Nothing official, but Bleacher Report is saying, oh, according to Lord. one of their sources, 
Zeke will win. His I will injunction. say Bleacher Report's pretty crappy though. Yeah, I can't really trust what I see, but they do take a lot of tweets from people that are accreditable, and they share that. But their unnamed source right now well, is probably not a primary some source. Mike, Mike, not a primary kid source. Mike Mosher is the uh, Marcus. Yeah. Marcus Mosher. Marsh, yeah, yeah, he's he's a writer for the Cowboys. Haunted houses are a scam, Walchick. I love haunted houses. Once a year, it gets me going. Here's my three questions. Starting number one, and I will also answer these myself because my answer is the best answer. But Eric, we'll start with you. Good. Favorite Halloween movie? Dating back to childhood. Oh, come on. Favorite Halloween movie? I, I, I don't get I don't get balls deep in Halloween. Just so you know, okay? So I mean, just you're, you're asking me all these theme, Halloween questions. A Halloween themed film. Halloween You've themed never, film. A, a scary movie. Can you list some for me? Yeah, I can list some for you. Jeepers Creepers. I Jeepers don't Creepers is one. Sure. Okay, that, that, that would that. Relate. I don't know if it was uh, good. You could go with from 2017, Get Out. I know you didn't like Wow, okay. It. We're calling Get Out, which came out like on Valentine's I don't, Day as I don't, a Halloween movie? Then sure, dude. Fine. Well, so you're you just know, saying any scary movie? Well, that Yeah, that, that like definitely relates. movie? Halloween Town as a kid. Did you ever see that? I did Casper. see Halloween Town. What about Casper? Casper, uh, yes. Sleepy Hollow. Didn't watch Sleepy Hollow. You didn't see Sleepy Hollow? Never. That's just to name a few. I mean, if you listen, if you're going to say Get Out is a Halloween-esque movie, then sure. Yeah, I, that kind then, of style. You know, how you've got Halloween, Halloween 2, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen all those, but they don't really do much for me, man. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I'm not crazy about those movies. You're a, uh, you're scared, right? It do, it, honestly, it doesn't scare me. Like, those things don't scare me. What does scare Like, Get Out actually scared me. Like, that crap scared me. That, yeah, that little uh, Regina or whatever her name is that was the little maid in that movie, the little housekeeper in that movie. Oh, man, she... She kept me awake for a few weeks, but Jason and Freddie and all those schmucks. All right, nah. what about Charlie Brown? Charlie Brown, never seen it. You've never seen any Charlie Browns? None. What a joke. The Addams Family. Don't watch. Nightmare Before Christmas? No, I'm not a fan. Corpse Bride, Beetlejuice. Everyone's seen Beetlejuice. Everybody's seen Beetlejuice. I have seen Beetlejuice. All right, we'll put Beetlejuice as your thing. Sure, all right, I'm Beetlejuice is you. mine. Yeah, Bab, please. I know you can get into this Halloween movie. Give it to me. He doesn't seem thrilled. He's going to say it. <sighs> that I was thinking about that. I know you were. Technically a Halloween movie. Well, none of these really, are. I, I mean, he's telling me get out. Yeah. Like, you can literally it, name any movie. It's come down to this bad. No, you can name any movie ever made because that's the qualification for Halloween movies. No, they all are in the same Lion genre. Um, no. <laughs> the Shining, so, Monster House, Young okay. Frankenstein. If, if we're going like all time, Shining, the Stanley Kubrick version, not the The Haunted Mansion. Not the POS Made for TV thing that Rocky Horror Picture Show, the Saws, Texas Chainsaw for nostalgia for nostalgia purposes. The Goosebumps series, dude. Okay, okay, okay. Now we're talking. I was actually talking with my little brother about this last night, Bab. All right, Goosebumps, I haven't seen in forever, but the two that stick out to me when I think about Goosebumps, R.L. Stein, you son of a gun. The one where the dad is like a mad scientist, makes that green stuff that does weird things, and he eats it, and it makes him do weird crap. And then the other one is where that one kid turns into a werewolf. Remember, he gets like, uh, oh yeah, he gets like I taken remember the by werewolf that one, one weird dude. I remember yeah. the werewolf one. The one I remember the most is the. We're talking about haunted houses and theme parks and the like, where they go to a theme park that's like ran by monsters. Gotcha. And, I don't know uh, if they I remember try that to. One. They try to eat them. Dude, have to get out. Goosebumps. Goosebumps I used to be into whenever I was a kid. Those are the only two that I remember, though. That werewolf one f still freaks me out. I, I actually want to go back and, and watch them. You know when, you like, when you're younger and you think a movie's really scary or whatever, or even just really good, and then you go back and watch it when you're actually older, and you're like, wow, this 
It's actually oh, like terrible. Double Double Toil and Trouble with the Olsen twins? Exactly. I know you saw that one. Of course. Hocus Pocus is the winner. That is the best Halloween movie of all time. Hands down. Lock it up. Suck it dry. Oh, I will. Favorite Halloween costume ever wore. Good God. God. Oh, gosh. We have breaking news, folks. It's official. Ezekiel Elliott's suspension has been reinstated. He will have to serve it. No, you're lying to me. No, that's official. I have not gotten a damn. Ezekiel Are you being Elliott, serious? I'm being serious. Judge dissolves temporary restraining order and denies Ezekiel Elliott's motion. He will be suspended. Oh, my God. Bev, I'm serious. Bev. Breaking from Cowboys 247, as well as a variety of other people tweeting from various things. Wait. Sports Day, Sports Dallas Morning News has just confirmed oh. it. Waltic's literally crying, and Bleacher Report, as I said, sucks. Yep. <laughs> Bleacher Apparently Report they blows. Do. Okay, so screw Bleacher Report. Waltic is literally confirmed by oh confirmed by God, the Dallas Walchick. Morning News, CBS Sports, two four seven Sports. Oh, no. Are you kidding me? Alfred Morris. Okay, so what happens now? What ha- do- Alfred Does it go Morris. to another set of uh, another? Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Jerry McFadden? Anybody? Jerry McFadden? Can I get a Rod Smith? They try and go and, and do that. I'll tell you what, the Cowboys aren't winning schmuck all. Alfred Morris! <laughs> Walter, do you even want to talk about Halloween anymore, dude? Because you seem like you just want to shut everything down and go. The NFL up. Players Association has 24 hours to appeal the ruling. Oh, well, they're obviously going to do that. Yeah. I okay, think, so he's still going to be playing. Uh, probably. Because we're just going to appeal, appeal, appeal. I don't understand how you can just appeal everything. Like, okay, a judge says this. I don't and you're know like, how no, it works I either. disagree. We're going to appeal, and uh, we'll see you back here next week. From the United States District Office of New York, by uh, for the foregoing reasons, the NFLPA's motion for a preliminary injunction is denied. Enforcement of this order is stayed for 24 hours to afford the parties an opportunity to consider their appellate options. So ordered October 30th. 2017 from Catherine Polk Felia or Fela. Don't have to pronounce that right. United States District Judge. Alfred Morris. I'm not Alfred laughing. Morris. I don't think this is funny. And I'm willing to bet money. And we'll ask NFC Yoda here in just a second. Dude, he's going to have to reconsider but everything. I think now. that Ezekiel Elliott will still be playing this Sunday because he's appealing again and the appeals will go on. And Zeke will play all 16 mother-licking games. Clearly, Walchick has some false confidence. Are yes. you in denial, Walchick? I don't want to believe this for a second. The so last you are time, in denial. The, yeah, sure. The last time this happened, I ended up getting very depressed. And then literally a day later, he's back in. So you know what? I'm not buying it. Suck it, NFL. I'm sick and... Oh, if this... First of all, this I'm going to let if this... They complete, if they could keep... Appealing it, it could go all the way to the it's United States go Supreme Court. All the way to the Supreme Court. Take it to the top, baby. The people versus Elliot. The, take it. It'll, it'll be a TV <laughs> show. United States of America versus Ezekiel Alfred Elliott. Morris. Made for TV special. So here we go. Rod Smith is the starter. Zeke, we need you. We love you. And you will be sitting there with a straw on your helmet on the field, ready to go. I know it in my heart. Wipe those tears. It's going to be okay. And if it's not your, okay, your we'll have a, a nice here. show next week to really go over it and talk about it. But again, we're running low on time. So, Nosebleed Seeds Podcast, Zach Wilshick, Eric Schufala, Producer Bam. Got to get the Yodas in here. Now is not the time. 
uh, to worry about what's happening with Zeke because none of us really know what the hell is going on for the truth. Maybe NFC East Yoda does. We're going to start with NFC East Yoda. I see him coming. I see him coming. They're here. Open the door, please. Thank you. Good to see you guys. NFC Yoda, hurry up. Get on the mic because I don't have a lot of time for this. And I need to hear what the hell is going on with Zeke. Dude, you got four games to pick this week. It's going to take a while. Welcome into the podcast. It feels good to be here. You look good, dude. You look fresh. You look well freaking rested as always. And again, man, an undefeated week. Listen, first of all, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate you guys. The warm welcome. Obviously, I've done you guys quite a few favors in the last two weeks, going 3-0 and last week and 2-0 and this week. So, yes, obviously, I'm feeling good about myself. Now, we all just got the breaking news. I, I was having some fuzzy visions about my Cowboys Chiefs prediction, and it was simply and only because of these Zeke appeals and these courts and lawyers. And let me, let me tell you something. If anything's going to fuzz up a vision... It's going to be some lawyers. The United States court system. It's going to be the court system. Exactly. Nothing fudges a vision like that. So, Well, he's going to appeal again, football or NFC Ciota, so I think he'll be okay, right? He's going to be there against the Chiefs. Again, all I'm getting is fuzz here. Now, can I hedge my bet? Can I say with Zeke, I have a clear Cowboys victory, but without him, I have a clear Chiefs victory? I don't know. Can I, can I, am I allowed to do that? I mean, I'm just NFC Yoda. I don't make the rules here. NFC Yoda, I think you've got your your want your Jedi forces, your Jedi powers are more than anybody can ask for. I don't think I can give you the benefit of the doubt. I think you got to go. I just got to overcome it. Yeah. All right. Well, then the vision is what it is, man. Chiefs come into the AT and T Arlington Stadium and they get the dub. So you're saying there's no Zeke? I'm saying. The Chiefs win the football game. without Because you just said, if there's no Zeke, the Chiefs win. So you're telling me Zeke's out. Yeah. Okay. And I know Eric's going to be at the game, and he's going to be wolfing down sushi. Whatever, and dude. Ribeye. And just tell me the other three. He's gonna that, be ha- no, but I'm just telling you my vision yeah, for the game. I don't like, want to hear. You, don't you can hear... skip over the Cowboys' vision now if she's Yoda. Okay. You've pissed me off. I'm sorry. Tell me the other the, the rest of the division, Listen, please. I'm 5-0 in my last five games. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, well, now I'm upset. Go, Go ahead. The Rams of Los Angeles are traveling into New York to take on the G-Men. And ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys fans, Redskins fans, Eagles fans, the Giants will not get their second win of the season. Jared Goff and co. go in there and they get their victory. Make it six wins on the season for the Los Angeles Rams at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday afternoon. Moving on to the best team currently in football, those Philadelphia bleeping Eagles, man. Said they beat the Niners last week, and by God, they did. They're sitting at 7-1. They're traveling. Well, they're not traveling anywhere. They're at home. The Broncos are coming into town. Broncos are 3-3. Simeon and company. And let me tell you something. Cox and them boys. I'm not talking about Babs Cox. talking about Fletcher's Cox. Oh, you heard that segment. Of course. I hear everything. Fletcher's Cox. He's going to be so far up, Simeon, he's not going to be able to even breathe. You're telling me the Eagles are going to go to 8-1. and one. Eagles are 8-1. and one. They're not going to cover. They're seven-point favorites. I told you they were going to cover against San Francisco, and guess what? They believe in covered. They're not going to cover against Denver, but Denver's going to be on a short week, man. All right? And they don't have the wherewithal like the Chiefs do to go on a short week and still get the victory on the road. So the Eagles get the win. The last, not least, 
NFC East game of the week. We have the Redskins traveling to Seattle to take on those pesky Seahawks. Russell Wilson is playing at the top of his game right now. And the Redskins are falling apart at the seams. Injuries galore. I mean, you got Tyrone Crawford looking like a good football player. They're making David Irving look like he's freaking Bruce Smith. More importantly, Byron Jones. Exactly. I mean, you, you couldn't have said it better there, Walter. So you're telling me Jamison Crowder is going to go off this weekend. Jamison Crowder. Again. He, listen, he may have a good, he may have a good game. Because the Cowboys made him look really good. Yeah, he may have a good game. But all I'm saying is they're not getting the dub. Redskins lose at Seattle. Seattle goes to 6-2. and two. Redskins fall to 3-5. and five, And that means only one NFC East team gets a victory this and week. And it's the one that everybody needs to lose. Exactly. So, it's a tough week to Although be a Cowboys without fan. Zeke, it doesn't matter. I heard Eric. I heard yeah, Chia follows Shane Alfred Morris. I can yeah, hear he a lot thought, of flying in. He that thought was that was funny. Dude. It really wasn't dude, at dude, all. Dude, that was hilarious, <laughs> I think he man. was the only one laughing. Should we get him back in here? Or do you want uh, me to can I, can I, I can't stick around. If you want to, usually you're just take off. I know, I know. I, you, well, listen, my schedule is usually jam packed. I mean, I got visions for everybody, but nobody else. <laughs> nobody else wants you this week. No, no, schedule's clear. Okay. Schedule's clear. So well, I mean, I don't know. I would love to get involved. I would love to have a little, you know, back and forth with football Yoda. Do you guys really? That'd be pretty cool. Like, I mean, we chat from time to time, but never on the air. All right. I feel like the people might like that. All right. Well, he's ready to go. And Eric's cool. I mean, Eric doesn't. Get, Eric, do you mind? No, dude. Eric doesn't care. Well, let me get out of the way, and I'll let football Yoda Please. take the reins. Please, Walter, get out of here. Let's just—it's Yoda takeover time, baby. Adios. It is Yoda takeover time. <laughs> here he comes, football Yoda, my master Jedi. Man, it feels good to see you. How's it going? Fan what are you talking about? I'm five and zero in the last five games, football. I was uh, 3-0 last week, flexing my muscle. Proud of you. Listen, dude, I didn't get a chance to really talk with you much last week because I bailed up out of here after yeah, my you segment. Yeah, you like to get at You don't even, I, I feel like, did I do something to you? No. Are you still mad about your sister? No, dude. I told you I'm working to get over that. I'm okay. sort of like how Walchick is with this Zeke thing. I'm just in denial. All yeah, right? it I, never happened. he was literally crying as the door closed. No, I know. It's actually probably good that he's not here right now. Um, so it's just Yoda takeover time, football. So... What do you got for me, man? You, you were dominant last week. We both were. I mean, we're kind of simpatico right now. I have a down week. You have a down week. Then we both go undefeated. So it's a beautiful thing right now, and I think we just need to keep it going. So football, you got three games? You got three games, or how many do you see? How do you, What are your visions? I'm going to go with you? three because you, you had four. I did have four. I had a lot. I took a lot from you there. Yeah, there was a lot. Um, I can go four if you want me to. I mean, what do you think? What do you think the guys want? You think that they'd like us each to do four? Then, uh, yeah, you know, why not? But then dude. it keeps it like, what? why even watch the weekend? I mean, how many other games does that leave? Pretty much none. So, three or four? Four. They, is this, who's this dude in the suit? Oh, that, uh, is that Babscock? What's your name? Zach. Volchuk? Yes. I'm Zach no. Volchuk. Oh, Volchuk's, Volchuk already got out of here, man. You're not going to fool the Yodas, bro. I'm a hockey Yoda. Are you Hockey Yoda? No. I didn't know that there Damn, was this really one is with Yoda the takeover. My gosh. Yeah, All right, welcome hockey, to the family. Hockey Yoda, uh, what do you think? Four, three, or four? Uh, I'd, I'd take three. Take the three? Wow. Take three. Okay. Really? Hockey Yoda's a loser. I feel like loser. three is a good number. We're sticking with three then. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. It is. Football Yoda in the house. Last week I gave you predictions that were absolutely correct. This week I... 
I'm going to do the same for you. So You're looking confident, football. We're starting in H-Town, where uh, I thought Deshaun Watson would play well against Seattle. However, my vision did not show that he would be that good. He was big time for My vision is very clear. They are at home against the Indianapolis Colts, where Andrew Luck will not play a game this year. I can tell all of the Indianapolis Colts fans that with assurance. Do not even have him on your fantasy roster, guys. He's taking up space. The Yoda has spoken. Andrew Luck is holding out the entire year. I heard uh, I heard Chiffal and Walchick talking about that, that he was just holding out for better players. I'm like, what a genius move. I'm sitting here at the top of my NFC's Yoda throne, and I'm like, damn, Luck is out here changing the game, man. Pioneer. It is so true. The second he thinks maybe he's coming back, oh, that shoulder's sore again. Starting to tighten up again, Coach. Sorry, so Chuck. The, the Houston Texans, led by Deshaun Watson, and that explosive offense will destroy the Colts at home for, I think, the fourth straight meeting between those teams. Next up, we go to San Francisco. The Beathards? Or no, no, no. Didn't they just make a move? They made a trade for Jimmy G. Grop! Now, I'm not going to spoil the fun on if he will play or not, but either way, the San Francisco 49ers are hosting the Arizona Cardinals, who will be led by Drew Stanton, because Carson Palmer is no longer... Gosh, I'm so glad I'm not the NFC West Yoda, because that is some ugly football. The 49ers have not won a game this year, but we will not have a winless team in football after Sunday as the 49ers at home will finally get their long-awaited victory, and they will knock off the Arizona Cardinals. Wow! Thank you. Final pick of... The night, and I know Chiafalo is going to be pissed. Oh, God. But I stick with Sunday night football. I love Sunday night football. The force is strong with SNF. The Oakland Raiders are on a downturn, but that slump ends in Miami as Derek Carr and the Raiders beat the Dolphins on Sunday night. There you have it. Football Yoda's three. 49ers, Texans, Raiders, drop the mic, mother liquors. Football Yoda, out. I'm still here, though, dude. NFC East Yoda's not going anywhere. AFC North Yoda uh, wants to say, watch out on your no winless teams left because they're still the Browns. Smart. We should relay that to football. Browns are on a bye week, though, so... Uh, I was actually hoping that Football Yoda was going to close this out. I, I just didn't know how good he would be as a broadcaster closing out a show, but he bailed. He wanted no part of that, so go ahead. Take us out of here, Wolchick. All right, thanks, guys. I'm back here. Uh, football Yoda, as always, bringing it hard. So hot. Nosebleed Seats Podcast, episode 37. Zach Wolchick alongside Eric Giafala, producer Bab. We'll wait and see... If Zeke actually does play or if the suspension sticks, I think he's going to appeal again, and I think he's playing on Sunday. Alfred Morris! Thank you. Alfred Morris! To the Diamond Broker, to WBLZ Sports, to S&D Media, Susanna and Deja. Shout out to Susanna, by the way, celebrated her birthday over the last week. Happy Halloween, everybody. Enjoy your football weekend. And oh, by the way, UFC fights this Saturday night. It's the big one, the one we've been waiting for. Bisping, St. Pierre, Yoana Champion, Rose Nama Yunus. They're all getting it going, and it's going to be fun. 
No Split Seats podcast out. Hugs and handpans, everybody. Come poised. Dark side? <laughs>